I gotta say, uh, I'm 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 proud of me. Okay. It, it has been one month with no cigarettes as of today. Very nice. No, Shit, nice. No cigarettes at all. Not even not even like a, a nicotine. I never understood nicotine gum. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like it's it's does exactly the opposite of what all other gum does. It makes your breath taste and smell like shit. So <laughs> yeah. what's the fucking point? Uh, no patches because that that to me is weird. Like the, the, when you read into the patches, they have like thousands of little like barbs on them. Essentially, you're basically mm-hmm. just like. Uh. You're basically, you're basically just like stabbing yourself in the arm with a, with a patch, the nicotine patch. Uh, for, and, and for as much as we make fun of, of all the people who live on, on Aramingo Avenue in Kensington, I don't want to have anything in common with them. You know what I mean? Right. right. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're reusing uh, used nicotine patches out there, man. It's a real bad scene. It's not, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but one month, no cigarettes. Uh, 10 days, 11 days, no booze. <laughs> that is days, gross. No- I'd rather use a used heroin needle than a used nicotine patch, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I would definitely do that. Cause yeah. Like, well, because because like with a, with a nicotine patch, you get like all the all the dirty of a heroin needle. Plus, it's like picking up a used Band-Aid. You're like, oh, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Dude, in school, to like illustrate uh, STDs to us, they had us like put a piece of tape on our arm. And then, like, take it off, and the next person had to put it on their arm, and again and again and again. And it got to me, and I'm like, I'm not putting that fucking thing on me. Like, I get it. I get the point that you're making. That's disgusting. You know, the best part about the used nicotine patch, if you reuse it, is that you probably have to affix it with, like, scotch tape or something. Like, you just, like anybody getting packing tape? I put this dirty fucking patch back on. I don't understand the scotch tape STD metaphor because it's like, that'd be like if you just reuse the same condom. You know what I mean? Like, it's. Yeah. Uh, is that was that was like no, nobody is passing that. tape away also a way to transmit yeah. STDs like what, what what they should just do is have somebody sneeze in your face with nothing nothing blocking you and right, then like right, hold up right. saran wrap and somebody sneezes in your face like oh I get it I get it <laughs> I fucking get it yeah before we get far away from it uh, I'm also proud of you for going a month without cigarettes not easy uh, I am using a nicotine patch still to this day. Uh, I'm uh, going down in in milligrams, and it is gross to put one on every day and slap yourself. Does, with does, tiny does, it, does it hurt? Does it, do you feel anything going in you? Not even remotely. No, no, no. It's just I didn't know there were tiny barbs on it till you said that, and I, I'm just gonna I take it. At face I, and value. now you've given him a stigma about it. So thanks. <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't. I didn't know you were doing nicotine patches, or I wouldn't have grossed you out. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. Well, it's fine. Derek, it's the his off of the homeless guy lives down the street. I mean, he yeah. knows that guy very well. Yeah, it's a great deal, too. It's very cheap. <laughs> yeah, he knows exactly the types of cardboard boxes that guy sleeps in. Right. <laughs> right? What do you think the barter system would be? <laughs> are, we t- are we talking like Fallout 3, like bottle caps? Or are we t- are we talking like uh, like Hollow Knight, like Schmecks, you know, protect your Schmecks? <laughs> I, I was gonna go for handies, but I mean, yeah, I was gonna go sexual too. That's the route yeah. I thought we were going. That's a- <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you trying to keep us above board in 2021, yeah. Scott. I really do. It was a good, was a good attempt. Uh, oh, oh, uh, uh, we could we could start with this. Does anybody have any resolutions that they've already fucked up for 2021? No, I don't make any because. No? I don't know. I feel like they're made to be broken. Like people yeah. just say stupid shit. I don't know. I mean. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, why let yourself them. down? It's it's, uh, it's not worth it. 
I mean, it does sound depressing when you say that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I'm supposed to be the downer. Like, what even the fuck bother? you guys doing? <laughs> yeah, relax, Eeyore. Jesus Christ. <laughs> nah, dude. Like I thought. I thought like, uh, you know. I mean, obviously, like the quitting smoking, I got, I got to jump on it because I figured if I start on New Year's, I'm not gonna fucking do it because there is that curse. There's that stigma where if you make something a resolution yeah. for New Year's, you instantly break it. Yeah. Which is why I asked, does anybody have any resolutions that they already have broken? Uh, well, once also to to echo Derek, I also am proud of you. I'm sorry I didn't say it already. Uh, I've never oh, smoked, so I don't have that. Oh, look at this fucking urge. show off, real cool. No, Chris. no, no, no. no. I, I mean, shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he always pays his taxes too, <laughs> and he doesn't. He doesn't blow yellow lights. <laughs> uh, no, that's not true. I blow all the yellow lights. Um, and all the graying actors, 2021. <laughs> <laughs> Starting off strong. Got him. Uh, no, what I meant was I just, I don't know what it feels like to crave nicotine. I mean, I do. I'm not an alcoholic, but I do love alcohol. So mm. cutting that out. But that's not, a, that's not like super tough. That's like me going, nah, dude, don't, don't, don't be an idiot. Don't go buy it. And then it's fine. I don't go buy it. So yeah. it's not, you know, it's not the same thing as a physical I'm penalty glad, on something. I'm glad you guys are proud of me because I feel like Joss Whedon is still judging. Yeah, he's really, you know? um. Nothing's good enough for Joss, you know what I mean? He has an intense... Uh... Is my complexion too dark for you, Joss Whedon? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. He does make you look very pale in comparison. He does. He must be, yeah. the, he must be hitting the tanning booth. Yeah, well, he's trying, he's trying to... <laughs> <laughs> nope. 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 Yeah, probably, probably shouldn't. Probably, yeah. Nope. <laughs> we, can, we all have to agree, looking back in our adult years... That Eeyore was supposed to be on antidepressants, but Winnie the Pooh was stealing them to get high. Blew your mind. <laughs> Who else walks around eating that much honey all the time? Yeah, I mean, well... <laughs> people with diabetes, for sure. There's a lot of sugar in raw honey, man. Yeah, yeah. And it explains why Winnie the Pooh had those stubby little limbs, too. Like, no no visible, discernible feet oh, or hands. Oh, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? It progressed too far before the doctors <laughs> caught it. Yeah. But he's like, but he's Winnie the Pooh is is the Disney equivalent of the of the person with throat cancer smoking through the hole in their neck. Like he just, he just can't stop. He lost all those little piglets. Uh, all right, yeah, yeah. So Tigger's ADHD, right? Eeyore's Eeyore is clinical depression. Yeah, uh, clinical. Piglet, piglet is anxiety, and Winnie the Pooh is what? Diabetes. Got it. I mean, it's got to be diabetes. Well, no, it's got to be like a neurological thing, right? It's got to be like something <laughs> I mean, like... I mean, he's the who's making the rules here? <laughs> he's the neurotypical one. The rest of them are like, all right, we get it. Everything works out for you, yeah. Pooh. <laughs> no bad days yeah. when you're Winnie the Pooh. And Christopher Robin is the schizophrenic who talks to all his stuffed animals. So we have the complete... <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Complete the, spectrum. The complete neurological fucking party over there. Yeah, it's a smorgasbord of fucked up. It's just really crazy to think... <laughs> Because, like, I remember being, like, 15 years old and thinking, like, in 2020, I'll be 34 years old. That's crazy. I'm going to be right. so old. And it's, like, you don't realize how much time is passing. It's, it's insane. Like, we're at the point now where I'm at the point now where I'm a single guy in my, my, well, we'll call it the, the, the front nine of my 30s. <laughs> uh, and almost all of the long-term girlfriends I had in my, my early 20s, my late teens, are married with children. And it's really weird, you know, because like, I mean, in some cases, I definitely dodged the bullet bill equivalent of what my, my life could have been with these people. Um, but I'm seeing like now now we're at the point now where I'm seeing like because of maybe because of the lockdown or maybe because just like 
I don't know, like, a lot of people I've dated very recently are getting married. It's, it's like, it's almost like I'm good luck Chuck, but just a bigger piece of shit than Dane Cook, if that's possible. And it's, <laughs> it's not. And it's like... It's not. <laughs> okay, okay. No, but it's like, um, I saw I saw somebody that I had dated maybe, like, a year or two ago uh, get engaged the other day. And it, it kind of, like, fucked me up a little bit. It's like, oh my god, like, am I going to die alone? But, like... Okay. The, yeah, it's not... Alright, Eeyore, where's this going? <laughs> <laughs> Because the whole, the whole point is that she was, she, in her vegan, in her announcement for her getting engaged, she listed what kind of vegan food they were eating when he proposed to her, and it made me want to put my fucking head through my computer <laughs> monitor when I read it. That's, that's the point. The point is, she like, listen, we, nothing could compare to like, sitting at home, surrounded by our houseplants with my love, eating vegan dim sum, and then he popped the question. I'm just like, I wish he would have murder-suicided, because you guys are going to have the worst <laughs> obnoxious little cunty kids in the fucking world. And it's really like, like nothing could have been better. Like even if he ate your puss, nothing could have made no, no, that no, any like, better. The, the thing that drives me absolutely is that vegan? the thing that drives me absolutely <laughs> fucking crazy is because vegans are. It's almost it's almost Unbearable. like yeah yeah. I mean they well They're they, not they a protected are, class not yet. We can we can go ham on them. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, I'm, try, I'm trying to think of a way of, of a fair way to compare vegans. I had it in my head before, but it's gone. Um. <laughs> I don't know this couple at all, but I can guarantee that they're going to have a child that has a mild nut allergy. Yeah. Not severe. He's not going to die. Yeah. It's just going to ruin like his afternoon. His name's going to be Landon too. Vegan, like vegans and people who have like who are like what, what do you call it? Uh, fucking gluten allergy. Because uh, I forget. I, I think it's just called yes. a gluten allergy. Celiac disease. Yeah, celiac. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like vegans are somehow even more unbearable than people who fake having celiac. Like people who are on special, like we're on keto, right? We're all on keto. We're all we're all doing our best for the new year. But I share recipes and pictures with you guys for the most part. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't right. break. I don't break down everything I did step by step. Like I'm running a fucking cooking show that no one gives a shit about. And every vegan I've ever known, except for like one, <laughs> except for and one. she was cool. No, no, he was. He was. He's dope. Him and his girlfriend are dope. They're both vegan, but like most vegans, like they they make a spectacle of every meal, and it's like it's just annoying because I don't have the energy to do that even when I make something great. I don't have the energy to to fucking take time to film it every step of the way. I hate vegans. That's it, 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 this is, none of this can be used for a cold open. I'm sorry, but I, I had what, to get it out. What, what I feel like you just about? wanted us to know that you hated. Yeah, vegans, yeah. Well, I mean, and that's okay. I I accept. As that. soon as you started getting like actually angry about it, I we were going. I'm ready. I love all of that. Yeah, well, Angry Scott is my favorite you're, Scott. You're going to have to chop with the murder-suicide part. You can't use that. That's fucking Are you awful. sure? That's fucking terrible. Feels like you can. <laughs> Oops, I forgot to cut well, the, well, well, the, well, the question is, the, well, all right, well, they, they wouldn't, the, the, reason, the reason there wouldn't be a murder-suicide is because they can't check to see if they're locally sourced bullets, cruelty-free bullets. You know what I mean? Like, that's why, that's why there aren't more vegan murder-suicides. If you ate like that, you want to kill your spouse and die too, but you have no means to do it. <laughs> oh, my God. oh fuck! All right, I mean, I can I can I please can I please use it, Scott? Yeah, that, the, that, the, 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 the punchline really, really was was worth the journey. I have to say, I want to make sure, like listeners know, coming back in twenty twenty one, that we're not better people now or something. <laughs> like, you know, it's still very much gonna be a shit show. And I think that that was a great example of that. 
it was a pretty good example of that. And solely because there's no way in hell I'd miss Derek saying that we're all not better people. Welcome to the Cynical Nerd. This is episode 15. I don't know what it's going to be called. We'll figure out a goofy title somewhere along the way. Uh, Scott, Derek, and myself are all back. We didn't lose anybody along the way. The clock didn't flip like... Like something just fell in my fucking upstairs room. <laughs> you, got, you, and, got a, uh, you got a poltergeist, bro? No, it was probably a cat, if I had to be honest with you. She likes to just futz around over there. But we didn't lose anybody. You know, it didn't Y2K reverse style. And, and, and we didn't, you know, there was no rapture. We didn't lose Derek in some great event. Because he would be no, the one, right? Here. Yeah, probably. Like, he would be, we'd be like, where the fuck did Derek go? But we do have Scott. We have uh, Derek. Scott, how is your 2021 going so far? You said our both of our names. So I don't know which one of us is supposed to go first. <laughs> I said Scott. I said Scott. You, you said Derek. You said Derek Scott. You made you made like a Derek saying. You're like Scott. Derek. How's your day, Scott? <laughs> I, 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 I'm ready to fix this. Okay. Scarek. How's your 2021? It's so going great. Scott. Thanks for asking. We, Scott. I feel like we are we are one like we are trapper keeper from that episode of South Park now. <laughs> we are trapper keeper. Uh, I'm I'm excited, man. I missed I missed the pod last week. I, it was good to take a week and refresh and you know whatever the fuck we're supposed to do with it, with a week off. I just missed the pod. I'm glad to be back doing it this week. I'm really excited to talk about all this bullshit and to break down our uh, best and worst for 2020. Oh shit, yeah. Like, I'm very excited about this today. Uh, yeah. Derek, how's your? I know you already answered because I called you guys simultaneously. Yeah, it's, it's your, we, we are well. It's we, we're we're both doing well. Thank you for asking. We're gonna stay consistently can, on the. Can same we do page. like a Michael Pichel thing where we look like we're attached <laughs> to each other? Oh, <laughs> uh, you gave away the illusion that that Josh Sweden is not actually standing behind you because I saw the side of his face cut off. Yep. Yeah, well, <laughs> Oh, it's all smoke and mirrors at the cynical nerd. I, I don't know. I'm just I'm feeling awkward and I feel it like because it's it's our week off and that's fine because we're going to shake the cobwebs off by mm -hmm. jumping into some weekend review news. There was not a single piece of interesting things to talk about last week, which is why we dumped those two watch alongs. We've been holding on to those for a bit. Um, if you watch them, thank you. I personally think they were both fucking hilarious, uh, which I. If I had to choose, and I didn't think about this ahead of time, but which of those two was your favorites? I go first, which is <laughs> Scott, which one did you like better? Uh, I didn't listen to them. I didn't have time, honestly. I, I listened to a little bit of the Jim Varney one, like the, the first uh, 20 minutes or so of that. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> I, feel, oh, it's... I feel so bad about everything I said, but whiskey <laughs> makes me a different person. <laughs> I just felt like sheer amount of jokes that had me crying was like witches because we were basically yeah. just making fun of kids the entire time. Witches didn't I mean, end. There was no break. <laughs> we were just making fun of little kids and rats and yeah. old people the entire time. It was excellent. Well, the thing is, with, with Ernest, like there's there's moments that are like are iconic from our. Like, we enjoy it. I, I yeah. really just enjoyed yeah. watching. Like there was plenty to, to like laugh at and like absurdities. But man, the witches does not hold up at all, huh? No, it's the best the part about it. The effects are great, but everything else about it's terrible. Besides the special <laughs> effects, it, it holds up about as well as Angelica Houston has over the years. <laughs> Ooh, little too rough. Gonna take it. All oh, right, man. I'm jumping right into week interview news. The first thing up on the docket, we've talked about this a couple of times over the last, uh, you know, 14 episodes. The High Republic, Disney's new Star Wars initiative, takes place. I think 200 years before our current day events has officially launched. With the first set of books that came out uh, just this uh, earlier earlier this month, five days ago, and the, in those books that came out, uh, the first one was the Light of the Jedi, 
Um, there's uh, there's several that are coming up that look promising. There's one on February 2nd. So there's Light of the Jedi by Charles. I'm going to say Charles S. because I can't pronounce that guy's last name. It's Soul with an E. You, t- you riddle me that, okay? You tell me what that's supposed to sound I would just say like. Soul. Soul sounds right. Yeah. All yeah. right, fine. Whatever. Fuck both of you it's guys. It's canon. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we can do Soul, soul A. Like Cirque du Soleil. Oh, that's fancy. Cirque, that's exciting. Tar- Cir- okay. Cir- Charles, Charles Soleil. Upgrade, bro. We just upgraded yeah. your name. TCN, you're welcome. Moving right along. <laughs> Star Wars The High Republic, <laughs> A Test of Courage, is a young adult novel that came out January 5th as well. Looks okay. I probably will not touch those, to be <laughs> honest with you. <laughs> I just saw the Alice Cooper picture. <laughs> the what picture? The Alice Cooper picture. <laughs> <laughs> They really do look alike. It's it's uncanny. <laughs> Except Alice Cooper's been that age for like forty years. Nick Cage yeah. just got there. Yeah. I was gonna say, sorry guys, we have a we have a comparison picture of Nick Cage and Allison Cooper or Alice Nick, Cooper in Nicholas our Cage. Uh, chat. Nick, I'm sorry, Nicholas Cage looks like he drank from the wrong cup at the end of an Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> it's so terrible. <laughs> oh, why'd you gotta ruin the ending? We still gotta watch them with Derek. I said, what's the point now, right? Just like spoiling fucking Mark Hamill and what we do in the shadows for me. Way yeah. to go, guys. There's another one. Uh, yeah, it's, along- it's, only, it's, it's only been 27 years since that fucking movie came out. <laughs> <laughs> along with Light of the Jedi, the other full novel coming out by Claudia Gray, who I have read other work from in this new, um, newly launched interconnected Star Wars universe. There's a novel coming out February 2nd called Into the Dark. Um, I have not started. I don't think any of us have the Light of the Jedi yet. I'm going to be starting it later this month. I'm looking forward to it. Did you guys watch the actual launch trailer? Oh, I mean, yeah. yeah. Okay. I was going to say it's it's just a bunch of animation, but it's kind of cool, right? It got me like really hyped. Actually, I was surprised that like because and I'm assuming like it is what I think it is, right? It's just a trailer for the new sort of era that all these. Um, yeah. It's not for a specific right. book. It's like an introduction to that entire. Right sort of time period in star Wars. Um, yep. the way they put it together, even though it was like, obviously like comparatively, uh, low budget because they use just like still, you know, animations and, but the way the music swelled and everything, I was like this, I'm fucking into this man. <laughs> uh, I'm reading rhythm of war by Brandon Sanderson, another book, but that's not what we're talking about right now, but I do recommend it highly. And as soon as I'm done that, I'm going to pick up uh Light of the Jedi. Just, uh, I mean, I was already like at maximum, maximum capacity of like hype for this, sort of new time period that we haven't explored yet. Um, and this trailer just got me even more psyched. Nice. How'd you feel about it, Scott? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm the same boat. You know, I'm, I'm really interested to see what they're going to do with it. Um, it. It did seem like surprisingly low budget for, for what they're trying to hype up, to be honest. I understand that it is all like, you know, it's all print. It's comic books. It's novels. Right. There's, there's nothing live action or even like animation announced yet. So that it makes sense why they would do it the way they did it. Um. Uh, I'm more so interested in seeing uh, you know, what they're doing with the comic book side of it. Yeah, yeah. That, that seems like that's going to be a really cool avenue for storytelling. The novels are—it's always harder for me to get into novels when I, I don't have anything. I don't have anything that I'm like really familiar with 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 in this era. You know what I mean? Like once I have something yeah. that I can, that I can like I can visualize different locations, different you know different new races and things like that. It'll be easier for me to like get into the hard print. Of, uh, of these longer novels. So, right. Cool. Uh, and on the back of that, there's one piece of news that will do two things for me. A, uh, it will tamp a little bit down 
Derek's expectations because it's exactly what we were complaining about was going to happen. Uh, and also it's a comic book. So just like Scott was talking about now that it has launched, they have officially introduced young Yoda. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to like insert in editing, like a wah, wah, like <laughs> behind me right when that happens. I, uh, I mean, look, we, when they first announced high Republic, and we found out that it was 200 years before we all kind of collectively groaned, right? Because they could have made it a thousand years. They could have made it yeah. 1200 years. It doesn't fucking matter because it's a made up galaxy. But they didn't. They made it 200 years, which lets them use characters that we know, or at least ancestors of characters we know. In this case, actually characters we know. And you fucking know damn well there's going to be like somebody's fucking mother or grandmother or some somebody's gonna pop up and percent yeah like yeah no no doubt so this is young yoda who let's be real how old was he not was he 900 when he died or 800 something like that so he's yeah he's not young but you know younger yoda yeah youngish yoda yeah a couple centuries old right he's probably like what in his five five hundreds probably i would say uh and they show a panel here of him talking to Somebody and I don't know any of their names, but the animation looks or the uh, the comic book art looks good enough. I, I actually I didn't think about this, but you got to imagine there are certain things that are more difficult to draw. And like a science fiction comic book is probably way more difficult to draw than mm-hmm. other things like 100 percent. But, uh, you know, that that comic book series is out now. I just wanted to I, we all called it a while ago. We were like, you know, they're fucking introducing Yoda. If it's only 200 years, there's no way he's not around. Yeah. I am kind uh, of okay with like they had mentioned in the article that he like um like at some I guess at some point in that in that series he diverted off the path of the Jedi basically needing to find his own path. I think like at least they're like showing us a different we're not just seeing wise old Yoda in another fucking time period. You know what I mean? At right. least he's like questioning himself, questioning the things around him, questioning the order he's been a part of for 700 years now. Um, so that at least they're they're doing sort of a different avenue that shows how he got to uh, yeah. being this wizened old man uh, as we know him. So I'm at least grateful that they're doing something a little different with him. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, and then along the lines of Star Wars news, this is kind of a, a little bit of a one off. So we weren't a podcast when this news was first announced but back in 2019. Uh, there was news released that Kevin Feige was going to be working on a Star Wars film. They didn't say in what capacity. They didn't say if he was going to be writing it, producing it. I assume producing it in some capacity. He's never, as far as I know, done the director thing. Um, you know, given his role in the MCU, I'm going to assume he's just pulling the strings on everything, you know, making a film that he wants to make, but not actually, you know, directly doing it. They got a little bit more news finally. So the Star Wars movie for Kevin Feige will, by, will be written by uh, Michael Waldron. And because writers aren't famous, and I know none of you know who the fuck that is, he has written Doctor Strange 2. Uh, it's going to be directed by Sam Raimi and Loki, the Loki series that's coming out, uh, so I think, two, this Two year. things that no one has seen yet, so we have no way to gauge yeah. how excited we should be. Right, right. It, <laughs> it feels like weird things to announce, right? Yeah. Like, he didn't say he's also done X, Y, and Z? Okay. Yeah. Um, we have him I mean, writing all of our stuff now, guys. Don't worry. It's going to be real good. Like, that's never. They're trying yeah. to get you, like, hyped off of invested hype. It's like, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's not liquid hype. That's. <laughs> that's not liquid hype. I mean, so, yeah. so really, the only the only reason I even bring this up is because it tells us that 
um, the movie, the movie is moving forward. The project is moving forward. It's, it's something that, you know, it's been kind of, it was dangled out there on a, on a string. Um, like, Hey, Hey guys, you want, you want this guy to do the star Wars movie? You guys think you're going to fucking like it? Yeah. He's done all your MCU movies. Um, so I looked up Michael Waldron and he's done, I, I don't know. He's done some shit I've never seen. He's, he's written a decent amount of Rick and Morty episodes actually, mm. which is interesting. That's a weird, uh, that's a weird thing for Disney considering like, <laughs> the, the crass humor that Rick and Morty is built on, like the slut dragon episode alone. Um, what an uncomfortable that, episode that is to watch. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, you mean yeah. what a juice episode? <laughs> I mean, it's it's both juice and gross at the same. It's gross juice at the same time. <laughs> it's it's five alive boys. I don't know if you remember that disgusting hodgepodge of of whatever the fuck concentrated nonsense they threw into a carton. It was not good. I do not remember Five Alive. I don't either, I don't but it's I, it sounds great, though. From there's, the there's a reason that it's not still being sold in stores. It was like five different kinds of fruit juice all mixed together, but it just tasted like shitty orange juice. It just tasted like <laughs> orange juice that was kind of like off a little bit. This tastes like one juice that doesn't taste good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I'm not I'm not the point where like just because you attach Kevin Feige's name to something that I get excited about it. You know what I mean? Like, like, right. It really depends on, on the directors, you know what I mean? Like, and again, like, I don't there's just not enough info. I'm with yeah. you. Like, like that's what, when yeah. they had announced those two things, like Loki and, and, uh, uh, Dr. Strange too. I'm like, all right, those are two films that people are looking forward to. Like, I, I, yeah. I'm interested to see the direction that they're going in. Cause they seem kind of like weird and a little like off center yeah. or whatever, but, um, they're not out yet. So yeah. I, I yeah, don't know. Is, like, what? <laughs> it, this it's, is the Patty Jenkins exact thought. Yeah, this is the Patty Jenkins Rogue Squadron thing all over again where it's like, all right, well, who's fucking writing it? You know what I mean? Because like the, the biggest right. problem with, with, both, with both of her largest, most recent movies are, is the writing, clearly. Yeah. You know what I mean, there's no, there's no issues with direction, I don't think, other than how fucking long these scenes drag on for, but that's again the writing. Yeah. No, she's, she's clearly capable of yeah. putting together a superhero film, a big tentpole film from pieces. Like, good job. You're, you, you can direct things properly yeah. the cameras look fine you know let's just make sure that what's going on paper has some substance to it yeah um okay so scooching along to the next article uh we have something that i think we all will unanimously hate as nothing but uh corporate sell-off corporate uh, a corporation trying to throw shit at the wall to see if it sticks in 2021 someone tried to give them to them in 2020 and they didn't have the balls and by the end of the year when they realized that all hope was lost they decided to try it out and see, you know, what the fuck. So there's a Rubik's Cube movie coming. I I don't have anything else to say besides that. There, there's there's words here on this article. Uh, none of them matter. Yeah, I read it. I read it. I didn't. I, I got I got like a quarter of the way in. I was like, never mind. I, <laughs> is, is anybody here like friends with somebody who owns a Rubik's Cube? Um, I don't even know. I don't no, even think no. I even you know why? Because those people are unbearable, pretentious cunts. The, the kind of person who like tests himself like yeah i did it in like three minutes 45 seconds like fuck you in all seriousness you know I mean? though i did read the article and it's like even the article doesn't know what to say it's like there are only 45 known combinations for any rubies it's like you're not talking about the movie because you don't know what to say about it like, yeah but also also the article also the article's wrong because they said it's a four-sided thing it's, it's a cube six sides you fucking morons <laughs> fucking idiots you dumb hunks like you stupid yeah. I don't know. What's, uh, it, I don't know. It's dumber. This being an article that somebody took time to write, or the fact that this is a greenlit movie. This is the emoji movie all over. Is TJ Miller gonna play a Rubik's cube in this fucking horseshit? Uh, wasn't what that the right? Fuck? 
Wasn't that right before like the allegations of him being kind of a dirtbag came out? And they're like, Pretty well, sure. he's going to be a poop emoji, so I yeah. mean, karma, Wait, right? Don't worry, we, we, we cast him as the shit emoji. It's okay, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's totally fine. We're going to leave yeah. it in. Uh, I did learn one fun fact from this article, and I, I stress the word fun in air quotes. So let me just fun there it is. fact. Yeah. Uh, the For those of you listening of- at home, Chris raised his fingers and did a little, a little bunny ears hop on both sides of his head. <laughs> a little bunny ears hop. Yeah, little air I did learn the name of the person who invented the Rubik's Cube. And I say fun in air quotes because his last name is Rubik. That's why it's called Rubik's fucking cube. Is that Erno Rubik uh, was created the Rubik's Cube in 1974. I didn't know that. He was Hungarian. That's kind of neat. So he's a fucking narcissist too, all right? It's all rooted in narcissism, <laughs> this fucking thing. All right? It was a narcissist who made it. It's narcissists who play it and brag about their fucking times. Nobody gives a shit. But in it all really seriousness, just- what are you going to make a movie about? Like, it's the same thing they did with the Battleship movie. Where they just introduced like aliens into it. Can it's there like, please you know be aliens be. in this movie? Can there please be aliens the in Rubik's this movie? The Rubik's Cube is going to be like left here in the 70s by like another alien race. And like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like, but like, the, but the original one wasn't a toy. It just inspired Rubik to make his, his cube. And then like the, some, some stupid redheaded freckled kid with like a fucking, a lisp is going to find this fucking thing in a pawn shop and somehow start the apocalypse. Yo, you have to clip Scott's prediction and see how much it matches up with the actual movie. <laughs> we really do. I, I was going to go the opposite, not like starts an apocalypse. I was going to say it's like Last Starfighter or, uh, or or like war games where they the aliens put the Rubik's Cube on the planet to see who could solve it the fastest because they wanted that mind to help their species. And then they come down and they realize, and I'll take the cue from Scott, the redheaded, ridiculous kid with a lisp fixed it. And they're just like, Oh, never mind. And then they leave, and that's the end of the movie. Like they just don't take him. I think like, what if they solve it in time, and then you just get a bigger dick, and that's the end of the movie? <laughs> they were just like anybody who can do that deserves that at least, and that's just the end. It's a two and a half minute long movie. I'd watch the shit out of that movie. Well, then I need the sequel to that film. <laughs> the sequel is just that kid all grown up using that dick. <laughs> can the sequel be called Rubik's Boob? <laughs> what? <laughs> Rubik's Boob. He's got to try and figure out these tits, man. With this giant, with this giant honking beaver they gave him. Oh All right, God. we spent way too much time on this fucking article. Uh, no, no, no. One, one more prediction. One more prediction. Rubik's okay, Cube okay. movie will star Liam Neeson and Finn Wolfhand. Calling it right now. One hundred percent will. One hundred percent will. And if there is an alien race, uh, the the aliens will be voiced by Stephen Colbert, Will Ferrell, and Will uh, Arnett. Okay. Two Wills and a Steve. Mm-hmm. Recipe for success. Uh, no Steve Krills, though. <laughs> Fuck that guy, right? Am I right? <laughs> the office sucks. It's bad. I'm glad it's not on Netflix anymore. Rude. Uh, it's terrible. Right. Sorry. So I'm not arguing office. I do like it. I know. I've heard both of you complain. I've bitten my, uh, held my tongue so hey, far. Hey, do you think, do you oh, think Sam and Jim will get together? It doesn't mean that it's not terrible. It's more so yeah. the people that watch it, though, that are terrible. It's the same thing with Tool and Rick and Morty. It's like the thing itself is okay, but people who like that thing, it just tells you something about them that you're like, I don't want anything to do with that person. Yeah, it's like an identifying me right now. (laughs) Yeah, but he's also talking about me and him because we're Rick and we're all Rick and Morty fans, right? That's right. I never say it out loud though when I'm in public. I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, because because we're we're, oh yeah because we're not those Rick and Morty fans. Yeah, no, you know, Szechuan sauce. Counter stomping Szechuan <laughs> yeah. sauce, fuck boys. Yeah, no, I mean, if yeah. I 
Yeah, I would never, ever, ever in my life go out of my way to tell somebody. Do you remember that, that video I like the TV of, show of the guy freaking out? Yeah, it's, yeah, like, sta- like sta- stomping on the counter, like, and clearly like half-assedly having a meltdown. Like he was doing it for the camera, but didn't even commit to it. And it just looks like he's being awkward and weird. Yeah, uh, what? It, it, for for session one sauce at McDonald's when they brought it back. Oh. Oh, we're, we're talking like one of those hat tipping yeah. motherfuckers and he like ate it off the ground like it was disgusting yeah. like, at what like point my, are my, you a fucking animal just stop it yeah Ugh. my own like like my fondest wish would be that he would have fell and somehow broken his neck on that counter on the way down but lived but he's a <laughs> quadriplegic now yeah, I agree yeah. Yeah. yeah it's the same thing with Tool I love Tool but if I see someone in a Tool shirt I do a 360 and fucking moonwalk away <laughs> I don't want anything to do with that fucking <laughs> yeah. guy well, if you do a 360 and moonwalk away, you're walking back towards them. Danger, Derek. Danger. No, 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 no. 360. Mm-hmm. Do it in your head. And then. Oh, okay. Away. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You, yeah. Got, it. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. I think 180. <laughs> you're right. You're right. That works. That works. That works. That works. All right. Uh, a couple pieces of DC news. Wonder Woman director <laughs> Patty Jenkins. What? I just, what? I just pictured Derek up? do a 360 and then moonwalk oh. away. <laughs> that would be pretty solid. What was the fucking Xbox I mean, joke like, from back in the day? It was like do a 540 and then walk away. <laughs> <or something laughs> like that. 360 no scope or something. I don't uh, know. The, the thing is, I picture Derek like at that point, he's like that lady who lived with gorillas, you know, in the jungle. Like he's making them think he's one of them by doing that 360 and moonwalking. So like he's like, he's like very carefully and calculatedly doing a retreat where he's not going to have to talk to them. They're not going to show him their new eyebrow piercing or that or that or the scar they got at a, at a puddle of mud concert. You know what I mean? Like it's. <laughs> It's just the safest way to get yourself out of that conversation. All right, we we can certainly be sure that Tool fans do not like Puddle of Mud because the only people that like Puddle of Mud are the guy who's now. That's never mind. That was too mean. I was I was oh, about no, to pull no, Scott. No, oh. no, 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 no. You always no, you always was, make me say it. You always yeah, make me say it. But I understand where you're coming from now because that was cruel for the sake of being cruel, and it it doesn't even have any purpose in life. I'm not saying that. Oh, one. like Tool fans? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for saving me from using mine by using yours. Yeah, well. Um, okay. So moving on to the next piece of news. Like I, like I was saying before we uh, did a relapse into Derek's moonwalk. I'm sorry. If you have 45 minutes to listen to a bass build up into the intro of a song, you don't have a fucking life. I'm sorry. Sick, bro. Moving Sick, on. Bro. Uh, Wonder Woman director Patty Jenkins, who we just spoke about, describes an internal war over the character's direction in the first film. I so people were talking, I only brought this up so that I could say something very selfishly, uh, that they talked about how there was some sh- kind of strife about the first movie, but they're talking about it now. And everyone's like, oh man, she just released the second film. It's kind of crazy. That she's saying all this stuff about Warner Brothers right now. And I'm like, no, it's not. She's talking about arguments they had, not a- even about this film, but about before the first one. Before they even gave her the gig, and ultimately, we know how it works out. It's like it's like it's like looking at Chewbacca hanging off the side of a train in Solo. You know he's going to be fucking fine. Uh, I, I just the article felt kind of stupid and self-serving, and all of the points that they made in the article were like no shit. Like of course the studio did that because studios mm-hmm. are scumbags, and it was just it was simple stuff like you know they they liked the they kind of liked the idea of having like a poster woman director almost like they they liked having her but then they wanted to get the ideas for the script from all these male like screenwriters and shit just gross stuff that you would you would actually sadly expect from a studio these days um and i just i just i just wanted to to bring it up to say that all these people that are that are acting as if this is some kind of crazy thing that she's talking about you know damn well warner brothers was like yeah sure you can talk about that yeah because there's no way she'd be doing the fucking third one if yeah. she was out here spouting off bullshit that she wasn't supposed to say to people. So 
I don't know. I don't know if you guys have anything to even say about this. Well, I just wanted to bitch about it. I, I, I don't know why anyone would be upset with her, like, talking crap on a studio. There's this sort of weird, like, thing in that industry where it's, like, other studios and other directors and writers and stuff, they almost like you for how much you turn other people down. So, like, the more that you're, like, shit-talking one studio or turning down one offer, it's, like, the more the better you look to another one. So, I mean, it's just a part it's like of the Ivy League game. schools in a weird way. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a weird fucking world that we are not part of whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know. The, the Ivy League comparison is way more accurate than you even know, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I can't even say why, because nope. <laughs> because nope. Um, did you have any anything to add to this, Scott? Or are you okay with... Uh, I mean, it's it's surprising to see how long it was kind of like in pl- preliminary discussions, I guess. You know, like That's a long, good point. You know, yeah. like that they had been they had had been talking about this since, I believe, 2007. Yeah. They, they, well, they first approached her right after uh, Monster, I think. Right. Like a few mm-hmm. a year, a year yeah. or so after Monster. And she was looking for her next project. Uh, I mean, what? Like, go back and watch Monster, man. Monster. It, it's a good movie. It, it shits all over both of these movies. Uh, I understand. I understand why she's making them. I think she's making them with the right intent. I think she's making them to the best of her ability. Uh, and again, like both films fall short because of pacing issues and, and, and writing issues. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. And I feel like it's, it's right now. It's like this, she's this hot commodity because of how hard she fought and like what she built with, with these movies. Like, like even, even if you dislike the vast majority of, there's still beautiful cinematography in them. Um, you know, there's still a lot to like, even if you're not maybe a fan of the character or the overarching story. So, I don't know. It's. Yeah, I mean, it's good for her resume, right? Because, like, I don't. Yeah. W- when someone goes, what has she done? I don't think they're going to ping her for a poorly written villain. Like, she's the director. Like, sure, she's kind of responsible for overall story direction, but not the finer points of dialogue. So we might have all been disappointed with character development, but, like, I don't think that. I think that maybe did well for her personally. Like, her resume. I mean, the movie. Because it's the pandemic for the third weekend in a row, it's still on the top of the box office. No surprise there. I mean, you know, it's kind of crazy to see the amount of money this film has made and gotten a green lit a green light for the third one, because back in the day, the numbers would have been an utter failure. But they're, you know, making do with what making do. We're talking millions of dollars here that they're making. But, uh, you know, good for them, I guess. Um, All right. Next piece of uh, D.C. news centers around the basically confirmed. Uh, information that Michael Keaton is going to be in the Flash film with Ezra Miller. And there have been rumors recently that he'll be taking on a larger role in the DC extended universe. Um, We've talked about the Keaton Flash stuff before when those rumors came out. I, uh, I, you know, I don't know. I, I kind of have mixed thoughts about this and I've very specifically not said anything to you guys because I remember when Scott put this in the chat and he went, Oh, be careful guys. Chris is about to freak out, (laughs) which by the way, Funny, but with this p- particular piece of news, I don't know how I feel about it. It, uh, to be honest with you, I mean, I have fond memories of those films when I watch them. When I go back and watch them now, I, honestly, they don't do a whole lot for me. They're not super true to Batman as a character as much as I like Michael Keaton, and I think Jack Nicholson eats up any role he's in. I mean, the movies are fun, but they're they're more Tim Burton movies than they are Batman movies at the core sure. of it. And and that's kind of what like to, to be honest with you, like my favorite Batman is still probably Ben Affleck, like on screen, at least for now. I mean, honestly, these physical physical portrayal. I, I just think he was 
whatever. That's that's getting best, off topic. Best Bruce Wayne, one hundred percent. Most accurate Bruce Wayne, one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, there are pictures of him next to like the animated series Bruce Wayne, and you're like, oh shit, okay, yeah. just put on some boxer shoulder pads, and we can shovel yeah. him right into that show. Yeah. Uh, but the, yeah, but so to me, part of me is like, oh, that's kind of cool. The other part of me is like, well, you're just you're just riding the coattails of the fact that all these older nerds love Keaton Batman. And I don't know. I, I honestly don't know how I feel about it. It, it. If it's done well, sure, it'll be dope. Maybe we'll get an older Bruce Wayne. And they'll end up doing like a Batman Beyond thing moving forward or something to relaunch the character. I, I don't know. It could be handled either way. And I, I guess I'm kind of more of a wait and see than I, even I expected myself to be when I read that headline. I was like, oh, shit. And I was like, well, it could be kind of fucking bad. Uh, Derek, how do you, you feel about this potential rumor of Keaton kind of becoming a I don't know. I, I would say, if anything, probably like a Bruce Banner type role. I, I assume he wouldn't be getting any kind of his own films. It would probably be a mentorship role in other movies popping up here and there. I um I love Michael Keaton. Like I love Michael Keaton in anything, even when the movie around him sucks. He's really oh yeah. He's really he's great. Just enjoyable to watch. He has funny little like mannerisms and whatnot. So anytime I hear about him being in anything, like I I get a little like oh that's cool, you know. Um, but. The other thing is, like, I don't have as much of a, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, I, I'm not as in the Batman as a character as you guys are and as a lot of people are, I think. I'm not saying that to sound like, oh, I'm so cool and, and different and unique. I just never really got into Batman too much. When I see a Batman movie, I generally like it, but he's not, like, one of the characters that I really identify with or particularly like. So, like, Keaton is my favorite Batman just because... It, when I, I never read any of the source material, I watched some of the cartoon when I was a kid. And so all I have to go by is like, well, how much did I like that actor in this movie that I'm watching? And again, I fucking love Michael Keaton. I like Michael Keaton better than I like any of those other actors. Um, <clears throat> so I consider him my favorite. That doesn't mean he's the most true to the source material or that he's the most true Bruce Wayne or Batman, whatever. I just like Michael Keaton as Batman. So, of course, I'm excited to hear that he is. Um, when I guess they're not really talking about like what exact capacity that he's going to be in these movies. Is he going to be older Bruce Wayne? Is it, you know, whatever it is cool. Like I'm happy to see it. Um, I would absolutely love to see like a Batman beyond uh, type thing. Cause that's a Batman show. I did get into when I was a kid, uh, even more than the, you know, original series. Okay, so, bro. um, ultimately, I mean, yeah, I, I think it's cool and I have no issues with it and whatever, the minor or major role he ends up playing. I'm, I'm happy to kind of just see it out, see what happens. Yeah. Uh, before Scott uh, jumps in the, uh, I mean, they, they released that concept art from the flash film. That was him in the Keaton bat suit for like a hundred percent. That was the Keaton bat. Suit. Oh shit. Okay. Um, so there, I assume it's going to be some kind of, you know, time, time bending alternate universe. I mean, DC seems like they're really trying to beat MCU to the whole like multiverse thing. Right. Which at this point they're not because Wanda's about to come out, so whatever. Oh, but yeah, a couple of days. Yeah. Shit. Okay. Yeah, we got five days, boys. Right? Five days. Uh Scott, what any how do you feel about the Michael Keaton staying around for a while? Uh I mean, I, I think to this day, Tim Burton's Batman movies are still the most iconic to me for a lot of reasons. Like I, I mean, I, I gotta say Jack Nicholson was not a very good joker. He was just Jack Nicholson with makeup yeah. on. Uh but but still like just you know, like to me, a lot of it's just more like the imagery, you know, like from from the giant, the giant Joker float spewing out the poison gas to him on, on the prey float, throwing out money, painting, painting the statues. Uh, you know, the first time you see Michael Keaton holding somebody on the roof, a Batman, you know, what I mean, like just Prince. His, his, fuck Prince. 
just, just every everything, every, like you know, everything about those first two movies uh, is just sticks in my head. And I, Michael Keaton is incredible in any role, whether it's Birdman, whether it's uh, oh, he was so good in Birdman. Yeah, oh my god, Birdman was fucking great. phenomenal. Yeah, yeah Birdman's uh, really good. I, I think Michael Keaton has been one of the best villains the MCU has has seen in in uh, Tombs, Adrian Tombs, aka the Vulture. Um, I'm excited to see him. You know, take the rain. I would love to see a grizzled old, uh, you know, dark, dark night style Batman. Um, but you know, like Michael Keaton, man. I, I think, it, I think he yeah. would crush it. I think he, I think he would have, I think he would crush it. And I know that they had talked about doing something like this before Nolan had done the dark Knight trilogy. Yeah. Um, I don't think it has to be necessarily the same universe. I don't think it has to recognize Jack Nicholson's Joker and Oswald Cobblepot as they, right. like, it doesn't have to be that shared universe. It could just be like a cool little nod to have Keaton back in the role, but maybe as an alternate, you know, like it doesn't have to be connected to those movies where he portrayed Bruce Wayne and Batman before. Yeah. Uh, and I think, I think just seeing him in the suit, seeing him as a, maybe a, a different Bruce Wayne who's been through some different shit we haven't seen, more grizzled, more hardened, more cynical. And, you know, the, the tease is that it could be leading up to, like you said, a Batman Beyond movie, uh, yeah. which would be really fucking interesting to see, man. Like, I think that that would be yeah. just. And, you know, with, with, if with them committing to having multiple Batmans within the DCEU, why couldn't they? Like, what's stopping yeah. them from exploring all these different I always have to reality. think about DCEU every time I say it, too. Like, it doesn't yeah. come out like MCU. It's like D- yeah. DC DC no, Expanded D- Universe. No. <laughs> like, well, it's not, it's not very expansive. You have, like, five people in it. What the fuck are you talking about? Also, I just have to say, genuinely, the fact that you said that the Tim Burton ones really, like, like stick out to you, I appreciate you saying that, because I'm so tired of people saying, Oh, well, they're so cartoonish. Well, Batman oh. was a fucking cartoon when I was a kid. Like, yeah. Nolan hadn't made Batman when I was a kid. Like, everything yeah. didn't have to be so, like, hyper-realistic. It's okay to have a whimsical well, the, superhero the Frank, movie. The Frank Miller books were really dark. But yeah. the Batman live-action TV show with Adam West was a living cartoon. Batman yeah. was very silly. So to see Tim Burton blend both of those elements, have, have, have the darkness of his, of his, you know, normal copy-paste Tim Burton vibes, his, his you know... Uh, where I'm looking for atmosphere, Timber and mm-hmm. atmosphere, but still have those silly little things in there, like like the penguins with rockets strapped to their backs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or the or the clowns <laughs> jumping out of giant like giant uh, Jack in the butt. Like it, so so much of the imagery is just like something that it, it just doesn't add up or doesn't compare in any way, shape, or form to to Nolan or to yeah. the DCEU. Like you're not going to get that kind of you know. It's now it's all just so like big big giant action set piece. Back then they found ways to make like smaller personal encounters feel like these weird, crazy, ridiculous, like, like, uh, unique kind of, you know, unique experiences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't see that now because it's always like, there's always so much going on with act with action superhero. Yeah, a building now. has to be falling over and yeah, you gotta yeah, get everybody out before. There's, the, just, yeah, there's just, just so much going on that half the time you're focused on, on trying to figure out who you're watching hurt, who it's all happening. Like, so like end of Avengers is the perfect example. You know what I mean? I love the end of Avengers. Last 45 minutes is everything I wanted out of a superhero movie my entire life. But still, there's so much going on. It's like sensory overload. The Tim Burton films do a very good job of introducing you to these characters and giving these characters personal moments where stakes are built. You know, like where where uh, Vicky Vicky is held hostage by the Joker in the art museum. You know, what I mean, and like like them coming to Bruce's house and knocking him unconscious and taking her and leaving like there's there's so much. And that, that, that's like a trope that ha- that they've kind of weeded out of, of the more modern superhero movies. Like the, the yeah. bad guy doesn't always find out who you are by the end of the movie and then go for your, your love interest. But right. back, but back then that wasn't really, that wasn't really the cliche yet because that was, yeah. you know, they're paving the road for the cliches to follow. 
there's something about the one thing I, I do, um, because I know I started off by by shitting on the Tim Burton ones. And well not shitting, but pointing I out. Feel that wrong, not, Chris. Well, I'm not wrong. <laughs> so you're looking at them through nostalgia glasses. Uh the one thing I do also love fair. about this the one thing I do love about those Gotham sets is that you can tell they're a stage. You know what I mean? Like you, you can tell they were built on a back lot somewhere. And for some yeah. reason that's good to me. The same yeah, reason yeah. like like Hill Valley and like Back to the Future 2 when he's like skateboarding. You're like, oh yeah, you, yeah. I, I, this was a soundstage. I totally fucking get it. Yeah. Um I like that for some reason, but no, I mean I I am a unabashed huge Batman fan. He's my favorite superhero for sure. Um, but I don't like the Adam West Batmans in the slightest. And, and I'm not the one who says like they're too cartoony. I just Oh no, they're, um, they're terrible for for so many reasons. Yeah. They're awful. <laughs> yeah, I, so like there's a lot of people who mostly older folks who grew up watching that stuff or that was all that was on TV who will like wax poetic about they're just they're just really bad. And to me the the character doesn't lend itself to camp at all. So Right. You know, my my first like real, real introduction, like, yeah, I, I watched the animated series and I saw the Batman films when I was younger, but I didn't get hooked with him being my favorite superhero until I read like The Dark Knight mm-hmm. when I was uh, a teenager. I was like 16, 17. My, one of my buddies let me borrow it. And I was like, holy shit, I've never seen anybody take a superhero this seriously. This is fucking rad. Um, and of course, because, you know, growing up watching these films, you'd see. I mean, he the, the he lost both of his parents and like his life is sad as shit and he spent the rest of it trying to fix it and he never will. And it's like he's a tragic character because he's doing good, but he's never going to be happy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Do you uh, one of the- uh, do you main Reaper in Overwatch, too? That's my next question. Did your no, AOL no, username in high school have XXX at the beginning and end of it? Oh, no, fuck. but I wish I wish that it did, <laughs> because the amount of X's could like exactly correlates one to one with how cool you were in high school. And so I, you know, I think I was like Fender Guitar 13 with no X's anywhere. You know what I mean? Uh, so I mean, in, in all fairness, though, like like what you're saying, though, about like the sets look fake, like even in the Joel Schumacher movies, which are undoubtedly some of the worst Batman movies ever, like Bat- Batman and Robin is atrocious. But the sets in that movie were fantastic. Like, yeah, you, yeah you, you want, it's you amazing like the, to see what they put together. Like it's yeah, it's, yeah. Like like the the biggest problem with Nolan's trilogy is it looks like it's all shot in Chicago. I don't want that. I want that ridiculous gothic architecture that looks otherworldly. You know and I mean, like that yeah. that to me is is part of what makes Tim Burton's movie stand out. It's part of what makes you know yeah. Schumacher's charming and bearable in small doses, and it's it's lost now. That's why the uh, the Arkham games are so good is that it blended that like superhero gothic architecture with but it's still like palpable enough to seem reality ish. Yeah, so yeah. there's like a good sort well, of cross point between them. As- aside from there being like gargoyles inside of a hospital, like there's this fucking you know, what I mean, like those fucking <laughs> they're everywhere. Like this, this is a mental hospital. Did they install these before they brought the crazy people in or after that's got to fuck with the crazy people, right? There's like. Four That's giant, a great question, right? Because you, you know because the segment I'm talking about that? too. It's when oh, you, yeah. when you go to the hospital and there's that big open three story room, and you have to like it's before you fight Scarecrow and you're trying to get down the elevator shaft to where Scarecrow is. Yeah, yeah. And there's it's like, dude, are they trying to fuck with these people? Yeah, can you imagine being schizophrenic <laughs> and then you have you have these giant stone monsters staring at you from every side of the room? A hundred percent. You know that the guards took laser pointers and just made it look like eyeballs on the gargoyle to fuck with people. Cause yeah. I a hundred percent would have did that. Yeah, yeah. And either way you look at that. And I never thought about this before, but amazing observation. Either they bought either they, when they were building that building and they knew it was going to be a mental hospital and they put those in there, which is fucked up or 
they built the building and then added them later, which is super fucked up. Yeah. So I mean, either way, bad confer- look. Confirmed Amadeus Arkham was a piece of shit. So Yeah, well, that's true. He was also crazy himself very much. Um, anyway, I don't know how we got off on a fucking Batman tangent. I will say one last thing because I was trying to uh, make a point about why I inevitably dislike Nolan's vision of Batman also. Uh, because yeah. it's not as true to the character. And I think I've mentioned this before, but it's because Nolan tried to make him a happy baby boy at the end. Yeah. And because Nolan has a, a, I think at this point we can all agree, a physical need to try and wrap his stories up in a little bow. And that's not Batman and that will never be Batman. And as soon as I was like, oh, you're trying to make him happy with Catwoman and now he's in Paris and like the city's just cool. Like he's not, he doesn't, I don't care who he left it with. Batman would never trust yeah, somebody else to do his job. Did, didn't they set up a nuclear bomb like 20 miles offshore? Like, isn't isn't their like radioactive fallout just washing over the shores of Gotham every single like they're kids born with extra and feet like, and eh, hands? They'll be all right. It's, yeah. it's done it's, now. Well, it's reverse everyone, yeah, fallout. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's reverse entropy fallout. No, it's it's just it's just megaton from Fallout Three, and, and and Bruce Wayne's like, well, there's a there's a beach in France. I gotta go fuck this model on. Yeah. See you Feels guys. Feels like this isn't my fucking problem anymore. Bye yeah, guys. Yeah. The ultimate, the ultimate fucking move by Nolan, if you think about it, is ooh, the end of Tenant. The end of Tenant. One of the one of the soldiers takes his mask off, and it's Christian Bale. And then he's like, "We're gonna have semantics in Gotham. I'll see you back at the beginning." Because it was secretly Batman the whole time. Boom! Christopher Nolan made your movie better. What were you, what were you gonna say, Scott? I was gonna say we we what we can what we can do if we want to make sure that Christopher Nolan's neat little package isn't wrapped up with a bow is. Oh, that, don't ever say that again. Yeah, that was a bad sentence. <laughs> <laughs> just tie it off real proper alright <laughs> and I love Joss Whedon's getting jealous you guys better stop better stop inferring those don't piss dick. Joss off guys look yeah, at his uh, smoldering eyes he's giving us yeah I think Joss Whedon wants to fuck all of us guys I'm not even kidding <laughs> but Scott first cause he's literally behind you yeah yeah me first I thought it up uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh um, shit okay so so hear me out uh we're all in agreement that there's just waves and waves of of irradiated water hitting the shores of Gotham, right? All the fish in that bay are probably <laughs> fucked. They're right. they're all probably within within the fault, like the nuclear wind, man. Like like people are probably just getting cancer left and right in Gotham. That's horrific. So that's not a happy ending. But also, there's no way that Bruce dropped that bomb or, or jumped out. Sorry, jumped out of it while it was on autopilot, flying out there, swam through that water, and isn't. Made it far enough away. Yeah, it made it far away, far, right. far enough away to not have some serious lymphoma going on or something. You know what I mean? Like, so he's probably he's probably in Paris because treatment is not even an option, and he's just waiting out the rest of his days there. Yeah, well, that's that, that's Batman four for Nolan, and the arch villain is just cancer, right? <laughs> All right, we got to move on because we're just going to keep deteriorating until we say even worse things than we have already. Uh, uh, if we're done with week in review, I'm going to pee pee. Oh, we have one more, one more thing. Oh, we do. We added something on. No, 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 no. We'll do this first. Well, well, believe me, it's not good. So you can go pee pee now. It's fine. It's all right. No, it's fine. I can hold it. I can hold it. it, Okay. It's it's going to take 30 seconds. I can hold it, daddy. (laughs) You sure? Uh, uh, The Uncharted film has tweeted some new pictures of just some random artifacts from the fucking movie. The only reason I put this was to go. Cool. It looks like fucking Uncharted. I mean, there's nothing here. If there's like a, they're like, oh, what are some staples you guys want to post, uh, like principal photography of, uh, an old weathered looking map. Uh, I mean, shit. I mean, we'll throw a cross in there, you know, something like that. 
Uh, yeah. the, cro- the cross is also a key, you guys. Okay, so don't be so. You know. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, there's four pictures. Can't wait. And, and then there's a picture of someone holding that uh, cross key in a door, as if he's worried it's going to break in half because it's made of chocolate. <laughs> like he's he's got like the loosest like tepid grip I've ever seen in my entire life. But, right. but, but the hand's so vascular. You know what I mean? It's like it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, he's like, look how much I uh, look how much I I. I fucking lost water weight that, for this that, shot. That, that, that can't be that can't be Tom Small hands. Look how vascular that hand is. Oh, I gotta yeah. see it again now. Now you that's got me. Tom, that's Tom Swole hands. Yeah, really. <laughs> and then there's the uh, you know there's a picture of, of some kind of I don't know old artifact in cobwebs because I mean really those are the four corners of the explorers. Who else is confirmed for this again? By by the way, besides Tom Holland, who, who's the older guy? There's, I thought. Oh, uh, never oh. mind. I think that was the original casting. I thought it was Mark Wahlberg, but I think he was. Attached to it before Tom Holland and before they like redid the script. Okay, that's that's probably for the best. I don't think I don't think, I don't <laughs> yeah, think Nathan Drake was from work. Yeah, and I don't think Nathan Drake was from Boston. You know what I mean? So let's just fucking. Uh no, uh, Mark Wahlberg is in it still. Oh no, is he the bad no, guy? Oh oh no, he's playing the mentor. He's playing Sullivan. How does that work at all? He looks nothing like him. Fucking really? Oh shit! But they have Antonio Banderas. Oh wait, hang on, Antonio Banderas. Antonio uh, Banderas. So- <laughs> Sophia Taylor Ali. I'm Antonio sorry, I don't know who that is. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna link you guys with the worst thing I've ever seen. Oh great! I can't wait to look at something visual. Wait, I don't see it yet. You will. You will. I, I just right, announced so you- it too early. Unfortunately, sorry. Um, my mistake. You. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> That's not real. That's not real. I think is it? somebody just superimposed a fucking mustache on him. It's got to be okay. I sure hope so. Anyway, well, you know what? As far as looks go, they could have did worse. But I mean, still, Mark Wahlberg's a terrible human being. Yeah, he is. All right, you're gonna take a pee pee break. Well, we still have the uh, the the Nick Cage show. Oh, okay. All right, we could do that. Very first, important then. stuff. Yeah. I figured you'd want to get in. I figured you'd have too much to say and therefore would probably break your seal before you were able to. Not a whole lot to say about the show. Got to say. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the history of swear words came out on Netflix. We mentioned this at, uh, two weeks ago. I think we mentioned it on, on the yeah. podcast right before it came out. Uh, it came out January 5th and it it's a show. I, I'm going to let Derek go first. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. Nick Cage is excellent. His very small little sentences that he has here and there. He's so animated. You can't help but love him. Um, what's weird is like the actual, like the, the, the etymologist and stuff, like that stuff is interesting to me. I like hearing the actual history, but did they get like every Z tier comedian that they possibly could get to make bad jokes? Like, you're just like, all right, enough with the fucking try hard jokes. Just get yeah. to, like, I want to actually learn about it. Like, it's not funny at all. They should have just had Nick Cage do all their lines for them. And the show would have just really, really taken off even further. I watched the first two episodes the night it came out and Veronica and I were like, oh, let's the next one's bitch. You want to watch bitch? It's like, not really. I feel like we've seen every episode now. Yeah, we we all know exactly how this is going to go down. No, I kind of feel the same way. Scott, how did you feel about it? Uh, I'm so mad at you for making me watch this. (laughs) I literally literally was like, do I have to? You're like, well, I mean, we're going to talk about it. All right, well, do it. I got I, I prepared. I got I got really, really stoned for it. Uh, and it still felt like I was watching E Entertainment television. Like it was yes. fucking terrible. Like it was like it was yeah. like it was like watching like oops, there goes the eighties or something like some fucking like bullshit they would have on like or like like it, it was like 
I love the 80s is what it felt like to me. It was fucking horseshit. It was so stupid. Uh, it hurt me to see Nikki Glaser be so not funny when she's usually so hilarious. She is actually, yeah. It felt, it felt to me like I don't these even know who that is. Uh, she was the uh, blonde, uh, the yeah. the charming blonde girl. Oh, she who, was insufferable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's but, but, a girl who it, says, "I'm not like the other girls." Like the other girls say, of course. That's what she nope. strikes me as. I'm just <laughs> her. Her stand up is awesome. She's really. She's I was really gonna. Funny. Yeah. Uh, but but it, it felt to me like all these jokes were like written for them. They were like, hey, you want to be on a show? You read this. You know, like they, it's not like these comedians like wrote their own jokes for this. I don't feel like it felt like a room full of hack writers expecting the liver to be better when a comedian did it. You know what I mean? Like, well, we don't have to put too much juice in it. These guys are professionals. They'll figure it out. Uh, and that's every episode. I watched two episodes. I fell asleep. I fell asleep during the bitch episode. I saw fuck and I saw fu- I saw pussy. Uh, oh, all right. I saw fucking shit. Those were the only two. Oh, okay, I yeah. I saw. I thought bitch. Well, then I, then I saw four episodes. I saw. Yeah, I saw fuck. I saw shit. I saw pussy. Uh, I could make. Sounds it like a good night. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Brooms. Thanks, Derek. Depends, depends on what depends on what order you put those words. Are you fucking the shit out of a pussy? Ooh. <laughs> I wasn't even or, combining. Or, or, like or that. are you shitting in a fucking pussy? That's a bad night. That's a bad night Ooh. for everybody. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, gross. Yeah, well. uh, yeah, I I don't know. I have a kind of a weird soft spot for these. Like, this is where it comes from. Let me tell you some fun facts. But I agree. A lot of the jokes were bad. I, I actually really enjoyed the uh, the British woman. Um, I don't remember her name. I'm yeah. sorry. She was she was kind of enjoyable only because her her like uh, her her personal enjoyment from telling either the jokes or just like having the conversation seemed genuine. She just seemed like yeah. to be happy, happy to be there. Maybe it's because she's a Z-list comedian. I don't fucking know. But um, I found her kind of charming. Nikki Glaser is typically pretty funny. And if I, I, I understand that why you would say you found her insufferable here, but her standups actually yeah. it, like extremely raunchy and almost always funny. Um, she's Wait, a lot of yeah. like. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I didn't mean to. She does like a lot of like really dirty material. And mm-hmm. I, I know it's, it can be kind of cliche sometimes for like female comedians to just try to shock, but somehow she pulls it off so easily. Like, right. I don't know. Her shit's usually really fucking funny. Yeah. She's, I'll have to check it out. Cause she's like a female Dave Attell in some ways. And that like it's in that like it's raunchy, but it's it's not it doesn't it doesn't devolve. It doesn't lose. You don't don't drop IQ because you're laughing at fart and shit jokes the entire time. They're they're peppered in. She talks about loving anal sex every once in a while. It's she's she she goes goes for shock. But 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 it's also like there's a lot of really well thought out bits. And it's it's really good, man. She's she's really, really intelligent. You can tell. I'll. If also, I watch I mean, it and I find that that's not true, I will I will rescind my uh, title of not like other girls that I endowed upon her. That's my word. Okay. Um, also, Nick Cage. Sure, he was fun to watch. I don't know if I would call his his appearances here good. Uh, it'd be a stretch of the definition of the word good for me. He seemed like he was trying. He seemed like he was trying to be campy, but it just came off like he was actually trying to deliver them well. And I was like, oh, okay, you're picking up a paycheck here. That's the beauty of Nick Cage. You never know. You never know. Is he overselling this? Is he trying to oversell? It's that's why I love him. He's a total anomaly. Yeah, I feel like I feel like a uh, like a tub of hair dye came along with the contract and the money for this because they were <laughs> like that's just that's an unnatural color, buddy. We don't all expect you to be yeah. full brown anymore. I kept expecting him to have that Giuliani drip going on. You know what I mean? It well, was they just thought yeah. he was Alice Cooper the entire time. 
The thing, the thing with Nick Cage is, you can, like, like you said, you can never tell if he's good or bad. Like in Mandy, when he has that breakdown scene, he's chugging, <laughs> he's chugging vodka and just punching the wall in the bathroom, and it's like, that's probably how like, someone would actually respond, like just yelling, <laughs> just not know what to do, and yelling. But like, but he's so cartoonish and it's so ridiculous. But like, I've never seen myself do that when I'm when I'm that upset. Is you never know if he's in mean? on the joke. That's that. That's just it. And the the fucking breakdown from Mandy is the perfect example. There is no. It's so absurd. But it, it, it's like hilarious, but you have no idea if he's genuinely acting as best as he can or if he's like selling it for the joke Man, a little bit. Mandy, I think, was one that walks the line, though, because parts of that breakdown seem like like what like what would somebody actually do in that? Start? Like, you know, what I mean, yeah. like, if somebody lost their shit by themselves like that, what, what, what would it just be guttural, like just yelling, just getting it out in any way you could? Like that scene actually was like painful to watch because it was slightly believable, but also insulting to my intelligence. because yeah. I realized I was bu- I was buying into it. And I hated myself for it. God, that fucking movie is so good. <laughs> Mandy is so good. <laughs> it's such a good movie, dude. So dope. So dope. Just right. ab- absolute juice Lee. Absolute juice Lee. <laughs> Fuck. Mm. Uh, we're going to talk talking about that. Why don't you go take your pee break? I'm going well, to take us all through uh, Shilsonati. So Shilsonati. Just because I'm glad you heard that. Just because you Capital just Shil- mentioned Capital Sh- we're, oh. so we're storming chat. Storming uh. Capital Chill. <laughs> Too soon. No, fuck, maybe. No, fuck it. No. You know, it's it's like we you know what it feels like? Like obviously we're not a political podcast, so I'm not gonna talk about what happened, but it feels like twenty like twenty twenty wrapped up and then twenty twenty one was like, Yeah, hold my beer, bro. Look what I got coming out the fucking gate. Capitol Hill riot. Anyway, uh the cynical nerd. Where can they find us, Scott? Where's one of the places? Oh, you can find us on Twitter at the Schmeg Nerd. That is T-H-E-S-H-M-E-G-N-E-R-D. Uh, if you want to nice. ask us some questions, you can hashtag AskCTN on Twitter. If hashtag. we're wrong, if we fuck something up, you guys can give us the old, the old hashtag FuckTCN. Or if you just want to see MFD's uh, veiny member, if you want to see Gloom's, uh, Gloom's uh, Thundercock, or, or if you want to uh, get any of my keto recipes or my, my vegan gnocchi recipes. <laughs> fuck out of here. <laughs> Uh, if, if you if we fucked up top of the podcast, we got something wrong. You can hashtag fuckctn. Word. Uh, uh, you can also find us at facebook.com slash the cynical nerd. Once again, you can ask us questions through there if you want. You can also email us at questions at the cynical nerd.com. Basically accomplishes the same thing, but in a technology that's been out for far longer. Yeah. <laughs> for, for all those boomers that have stuck through us, stuck through the podcast <laughs> with us. <laughs> uh we also are doing uh so we were doing co-streams a while ago but they weren't like considered like the cynical nerd co-streams and this one technically isn't either but the three of us will all be streaming uh world of warcraft this coming tuesday which let me get the date right is gonna be the 12th january 12th in the evening i'm not sure exactly what we're starting uh, but we're all going to be streaming some World of Warcraft, and we have just some 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 choice names oh, yeah. that we've we've all Very fucking co- would, fucking would, coming would, with it. Would you like to Would you like to tell everyone your characters' names, Chris? Sure, we we can do that. So uh, I'm going to be playing a Zandalari troll monk named Juice Lee. Mm. Absolutely. Absolute. Mm. What about you, Scott? Oh, I, I will be playing a uh, a blood elf demon hunter named Fel Delphine. 
Which lovely podcast reference. If you're, it's a, that's called double dipping. If you're a podcast uh, listener, mm-hmm, you come mm-hmm. hang out. You get now, now I feel like a dickhead for not making mine a podcast in joke. <laughs> my, my, dude, oh, mine, mine wasn't. All my character names, except for Girth Totem, are inside jokes of the podcast. <laughs> all of them. Hey, what are you playing, Derek? I'm playing a Taran uh, Taran Paladin. They're called named Moo Seder. <laughs> Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Griefton was also a great name. Who picked yeah, Griefton? That, that's uh, Peeb. I, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to convince him to play that. Play Griefton. Griefton? Yeah. It's yeah, Griefton's great. a great name. All right, uh, we're back. And for our main topic this week, we decided to, to not look forward, not be forward thinkers. We're going to turn around and look at our rear view. And we wanted to discuss our best and worst of 2020 for a couple of categories. So we have the best and worst movie, the best and worst video game, the best and worst TV show. The best and worst Scott rant. I'm only doing best Scott rant because worst feels weird. Like, well, we're going to yeah. put him on blast. Like, yeah, you really fuck this one up, Scott. <laughs> yeah, you got to work on that. Worst could be like the most, most likely to get me canceled. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. I mean, because think about it. Like, if there was actually ever a rant that we thought was bad, we would have just cut it out. So, I mean, technically, in fact, I think we've done it. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Uh, and then. I hope so. uh, best and worst <laughs> fictional death. And I have to warn you, I, I don't. Did I write something down? I, I might not have one for that one. Yeah, I, did, I don't have anything for worst still. But OK, we're going to jump right in. And I guess what we'll do is I'll announce the, the best. So, for, for example, we'll start off with best movie of 2020. And then we'll each go through and say, this is what I picked and this is why. And uh, the other two can feel free to, to hammer that opinion as much as they want. So Honestly. we're going to do <laughs> best movie of 2020. Derek, what was your choice? Thank you. Thank you for asking. So I had to think about these categories and like, I really, when you're like a judge at like the Academy Awards, there's like all this criteria to me. And like, I don't know what the criteria for any of this is. There are movies that came out this year that are fucking objectively terrible, but I haven't seen them. So I can't <laughs> comment on them. Like, I don't, you know, it, so it, I just went with, for all of these categories, what I liked the best and what I liked the least out of what yeah. I have. Um, and I kind of had to really think about movies because I love watching movies. And there are a lot of movies that I saw in 2020 that I thought came out in 2020, like The Lighthouse, 1918, you know, uh, that did not uh, Parasite, come out in 2020. that were all 2019, which made me at, you know, have to ask myself what movie came out in 2020 that I enjoyed, like more than any other movie that I've watched that came out in 2020. And that answer is. Sonic the Hedgehog. It's not a joke oh, anymore. No. It's not a meme. I genuinely, I can't yes. think of another fucking movie that came no. out this year that I liked more Sorry. than Sonic no. the Hedgehog. I'm you dead serious. Emmy nominated Sonic it's, the it's Hedgehog. A ter- yes. it's, a, it's a road trip movie starring a character that could run from one side of the country to the other in like two minutes. It's yeah, the and they nailed it. Fu- they, they, <laughs> no, they, they nailed the character develop. Like they nailed, they nailed the characters, but the plot was absolute dog shit. It's so stupid. It's a, it wasn't a good year, baby. All right. A lot of shit got delayed. What do you want? It's not on me. It's on the virus. I'm just saying of, of the movies that came out this year, it was my favorite one. You bring up a good point, which and I was going to bring I was going to make this point when I was describing what we were going to do, which is that obviously the three of us have not gone on some crazy binge to watch every fucking thing that came out. This is all just from our own personal perspective. So there's probably things that I have not seen Sonic the Hedgehog all the way through. I've seen parts of it. I tried to watch it. I fucking couldn't because it was not good. <laughs> so uh, these are all going to be objective and I can't fault you for liking it. 
just like you know, I can't fault you for your love of the lighthouse. It's people's personal right. interest. I, I'm saying, like, like as as compared to other movies that I consider the best movie of their year, it's far inferior to those movies. But uh, oh, Ron just informed me Onward came out this year, and now I have to change my answer because yes! Onward was yes! actually a really good movie. I watched it again afterwards, months later, thinking that I would be prepared for that ending. And I, I wasn't. I cried so, all over again, all the way down to my chest. It's so difficult, yeah. Yeah, It's yeah. so difficult. So genuinely, okay, Onward was a better movie than Saw. Oh, Thank yeah, you. That was going nice. to be mine. Fuck. Oh. <laughs> all right. Oh, no! Oh, no, no, no. Ron, you well, thief! No, no, but the... But, the, but also, uh, I, I, had, I, had, I had it into two, two categories. It was a tie for me, honestly. Uh, Onward, I thought, was, was the best movie of the year um, that, that I had seen, at least. But it's also at a tie with uh, the King of Staten Island for me, mm. which oh, okay. uh, which I know I know Pete Davidson is constantly in the news for taking a shit on, on a public restroom, whatever the fuck he does on a daily basis. <laughs> like like he's on SNL just to be himself and talk for five minutes a week. Uh, there's a weird like cultural obsession with him post yeah. him dating Ariana Grande. Like he is a great comedian, he's a great actor. Um, but in this movie, he essentially plays himself, you know, and you get to see him like break down and like kind of. I feel like through the act of them recording this, he got to work through the trauma of losing his own father. Even though, even though it's not the same circumstances in this movie, he's playing a character based on himself as like, who would he have been if he had not found comedy at a young age? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, Judd Epitau is, I think, a good director. I think he's a great writer. Uh, but I think a lot of the times when he goes for something like this, the tone, like, like funny people wasn't funny at all. It was just depressing. You know, yeah, like, it was with, very depressing. With, with this, he achieves, I think, what he was going for with funny people in that, it does tackle serious subject matter. It is, uh, you know, it, it is an incredibly sad story, but like it turn it turns that corner. You know what I mean? Like even the parts where it's rough, you're still laughing. You're still engaged. It's not like you're not waiting for it to be over. You're not taking a cigarette break to like contemplate your entire life and how, and like, you don't, you don't have an existential crisis midway through like you and funny people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's beautifully shot. Um, Pete Davidson's incredible in it. All the all the uh, the other actors in it are people he knew that he brought into the project, with the exception of Bill Burr, who shines in this. Marissa Tomei is absolutely beautiful mm. and incredible. Mm-hmm. Every time I see her on screen in any role, whether it's Aunt May, whether she's in The Wrestler, whether it's King of Staten Island, whether it's my cousin Vinny, she is captivating from start to finish. Um, yeah, King of Staten Island get, gets the vote, man. Fantastic. Nice. Nice. Uh, I actually completely so I knew this was going to happen. But I actually completely forgot that Onward came out in 2020. And I had this I had this problem quite often when we were making this list. I'm like, did that come out? The- oh, yeah, fuck it did. So for some of them later on, I feel like I'm going to you know, Same. kind of surprise you guys. But for this one, this is my favorite of this year is actually one that is kind of recent. And it's a Netflix film, surprisingly. Um, I, I put my best. And again, shit year. Bar's not high. Uh, but I put The Trial of, of the Chicago 7, the Netflix film written by Aaron Sorkin. Uh, based off the riots in 1968 and the subsequent uh, news uh, kind of legal courtroom drama that followed uh, where they were trying to pin the starting of the riot on seven people who barely knew each other by threads. And I I don't know. I, I read a little bit of the history behind it after I watched the film and it was actually like what actually happened was far fucking crazier than they even showed in the film. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, the Sasha Barrett Cohen's in it. um, Eddie Raymane. There's a lot of uh, good actors in there, and I, 
Aaron Sorkin is one of those people where some people find him extremely pretentious. I kind of love his dialogue. I kind of love it. I like that newsroom show with Jeff Daniels a whole lot. Yeah. And I liked this movie a whole lot. And um, it was I it kind of scratched that itch. I haven't seen a good like courtroom drama in a long time. And I was like, ah, yeah, OK, just back scratcher. I couldn't I couldn't turn the fucking movie off. Yeah, so. you should uh, you should um, uh, drop that in chat so I can check that out. That actually sounds pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Re- I was gonna say, like, I agree with you. Aaron Sorkin, like, when he when he nails it, he fucking nails it. Like the opening sequence of Newsroom, where Jeff Daniels loses his shit. Oh yeah, and that's breaks, what I'm talking and about. Breaks down, like, uh, I mean, that that show. I, I think the first season of that show was very very strong. You know what I mean? And with, with Sorkin's like passionate about stuff, but he definitely shines. Yeah. So I mean, I didn't. I, didn't even, I wasn't even aware that this was made. I had no idea that hmm. he had written this. I had no oh, idea whatsoever, so I'm actually I'm actually excited to check it out. This mm-hmm. makes me happy. It's it's a, a very very good movie. Uh, I, I, because you guys didn't see it, I'm not going to spoil anything. But there, yeah, there's a couple things that happen in the movie, and you're like, no fucking way they did that. And then I well, some yeah, of those I'm very familiar, specific. Yeah, I'm familiar with the Chicago Seven, though, so it's not like. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it's uh, not like... But some of those things, you know, I looked it up, and it turns out that they were actually worse in real life and uh you're like holy shit i can't believe this happened in a u.s courtroom so anyway now we turn to the worst of 2020 and i'm not letting either of you take this from me it's tenant it was the worst movie that came out this fucking year and i hate it we talked about it at length and i now hate it more than i did when we talked about it i scott look i know that it was it looks pretty and i know we talked about those things but when i was thinking about (laughs) the film ridiculous Oh, it, lo- all right. it looks ridiculous. <laughs> and I tried to think of something that I hated worse. I actually did because I felt like this was the easy answer for me and I couldn't. I don't watch anything else. I hated more than this movie this year. So it's it's for me. It was the worst. I mean, it's bad. It's um, it's it's really bad and it is insulting. Like the, the way it was written, it feels like it just it. It doesn't respect its audience at all. So I'll give I'll give you that. Derek, what was your worst? Easy. Wonder Woman 1984. Oh. Fucking shit show. It was all unbearable. Right. It was a Bollywood film. That's all it was. It had bad writing. It had uninteresting characters. It had weird physics. The fucking part with the whip on the missile. I'm not over it. I'm not fucking over it. So stupid. Stupid movie. And I, I, it was really hard, in all seriousness, though, to choose between that and Tenet. But ultimately, like, Wonder Woman... Mm, I just I, I like I the way I, I did that tiebreaker is I thought what of the which of those movies would I really rather right now sit down and go all right if I had to pick one to watch one right now which one would I watch and it would be Tenet so you Wonder Woman eighty four oh oof it's Wonder Woman eighty four worst movie of twenty twenty maybe of all can, time I don't know we'll see at least you get like Kristen Wiig smoke show to stare at what do you what do you get in Tenet uh, Robert Pattinson smoke show to stare at. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That that lines up right with your lighthouse obsession. That's right. Yeah. And finally, Scott, your worst film of 2020. Uh, I, I think the biggest problem with Tenet is that it didn't respect the audience. Like I like I literally just said. And what movie disrespected all of us more than Hubie Halloween this year? Think hard. Think long. <laughs> I never watched it. What movie? I watched it. Like I, I kept trying to watch it and falling asleep. So I saw the first 20 minutes like 13 times. <laughs> Because I thought we were going to talk about it on the podcast. And then, like, the day of the podcast, I bit the bullet and sat through the entire hour and 40-something minutes, like, making myself watch it. Like, couldn't even look at my phone because I had to fucking watch it. 
And then they were like, nah, let's not talk about it on the podcast. Maybe I'm misremembering this. I thought we didn't talk about it because you didn't want us to, Scott. I thought you were like, no, it's really that bad. I don't want to talk. It's fucking terrible. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because I was like, I I would have watched it. No, no. The the point of the story isn't that I'm mad at you guys for not watching it. The point of the story is I watched it. (laughs) I've been holding it in this whole time. No, no. The point point of the story is that I watched it and it is, it is a holiday, a Halloween special for the water boy is what it is. This guy is, this guy is a watered down. Pardon the, the <laughs> oh come on he's a water he's a watered down Bobby Boucher pardon the phrasing uh, it's terrible it's fucking awful he saws the he saws the the crazy mom uh, it's it's just literally it's all of his friends parading around like doing cameos is what it is and none of the, none of them are playing good ca- well written characters none of the dialogue is good it's just that same stupid fucking voice that same stupid fucking face like I know you want to cash checks Adam Sandler so you can keep making big comes in your wife and keep growing the Sandler brood. But there's got to be a better way to do it. We all saw, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, gems. Fuck. Uncut, uh, Unpolished gems. Gems. Uncut gems. Uncut gems was an incredible anxiety ridden so shit show that I, I, I loved, but hated being a part of from start to finish. Hey, was that but 2020? It, I think, I think it was 2019. Uh, I also didn't see it. I heard it was really good though. 2019. Okay. Yeah. That that's that was one of the best movies I saw last year. Without it was a doubt. amazing. Yeah, and 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 Sailor oh, had Sailor had, Sailor had made a joke about like if I don't win a fucking an Academy Award for this, I'm just gonna keep making stupid horseshit until yeah. I die. And then he and did. Oh, no. And then now he's doing it. You know what I mean? Like QB Halloween's the first movie we've gotten from him since Uncut Gems. And dude, like Uncut Gems, whatever you have, a, like whenever you have two and a half hours to to spare, and then like another hour to decompress afterwards, watch that movie. <laughs> It's, it's, it's the whole point of the movie is to just like stress you the fuck out. Yeah. It's yeah. like, and it does it so fucking it's well. It's so good. It's so good. It's, it's dude. It's so fuck. It's perfect. Um, Hubie Halloween sucks though. Uh, <laughs> I, I love you. I love you, Adam Sandler for the few times where you have shined in my childhood. And now even rain on me was fucking fantastic. We know we have, we know you have it in you. Please stop doing this. Yeah. I, I want to have it's an, like- inter- I want to have an intervention for Adam Sandler. It's like, dude, like, You've made your money. You did Chuck and Larry, bro. Like you did it. Like it's you're done with that stuff now. You can just be a person. Well, be I was an artist. Say, you don't actually. You literally don't have to have kids now, Scott, because you know how it feels to be a disappointed parent, where like you know the kid has the ability to do better, but they're just not doing their homework, so and therefore they're failing because of it. You know what I mean? Like I, you should you know, go to an Adam Sandler like book signing and just like not even with a book and just be like, <laughs> I'm very disappointed in you, and just yeah. <laughs> 360 and moonwalk out the door. Yeah. Well, it's, 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 it's like seeing Jim Carrey in the Majestic. It's like seeing Jim Carrey in the, in the Majestic and knowing what he's capable of, and then seeing Mr. Popper's Penguins trailer playing at the movie and be like, fuck you, Jim. Really? <laughs> uh, I have one request, and only one, because I we didn't say it because of how dis- like how much you fucking hated that film, how much like uh, vitriolic sentiment came out. I'm I'm just, you know, can we just use the phrase a dehydrated water boy as a free, uh, uh, you know, as a <laughs> Okay. As opposed to watered down. Well, I was, I was gonna say, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I, I did. I did use the word watered down, Bobby Boucher. Though I didn't double. I didn't you double, did. I didn't double dip on the water. I didn't use water twice in one. Okay, a dehydrated Bobby Boucher. All right. Anyway, um, next category is gonna be video games, and we were doing best and worst again. I had Derek. You did the first best. Yeah. For films, right? So Scott, you can do the first best video game. Your best video game of twenty twenty. Come on down. Uh, it's 
No contest whatsoever. It's The Last of Us Part 2. Oh, fuck, fuck you. I quit. I, I knew it was going to be both of you. I knew it was going to be both ears. Dude, it's, you don't know that. I have a backup. Fuck you. <laughs> no, but I mean, but, but, but no, but it, it really like, dude, like every, every single aspect of this game, like the music was incredible. The environments were beautiful. The characters I thought were well written. I thought that uh, everything that happened in the game, even things that I really didn't want to happen, drove the narrative forward in a really interesting, compelling way. Uh, and then having the script flipped halfway through where now you're seeing all these people that you murdered as Ellie, you're seeing them as human beings f- like fighting alongside Abby. And these people are also doing the right thing. You know, like they're not, they're not, they're not the hunters from the last of us part one. You know what I mean, they're, they're not, they're not the cannibals. They're not these, these monsters. Uh, we see them go toe to toe with religious zealots. You see that, that they are human beings. They are very much like Ellie. The only difference is they were on the opposite side of Joel you know what I mean? Like, with, because of what happened at the end of uh, The Last of Us Part One, it, just, it was be- the, the, du- the duality was was beautiful. Uh, how much how much gray there was in this game? Uh, the environments were all so varied and beautiful. Like from, from the the woods with the when you just hear that little whistle in the woods, like how your hair on your arm would stand up, you freak the fuck out. Yeah, uh, crossing the skyscrapers, the whole boat section. There's so oh, much. Yeah. There's so much to love about this game. There's so many memorable moments, and uh, I can't wait to play through it for a third time at some point this year. Lev, just a joy of a, just yeah, a joy dude. of a everyone's, character. Everyone's written so well. Uh, yeah, so I'm gonna just because it was also one of my choices. So when we were thinking about best game of 2020, I I had a couple contenders that kind of jumping around in my head, and the reason I picked Last of Us Two is 110 percent because as an all around game, that was the one that hit me the most. Like that, if I was thinking of like the story, how impactful the story was to me. And how enjoyable the the gameplay was for me personally, and you know how how much it fucked up my expectations, but also brought me a lot of joy, and it brought emotions out, and I, you know it just for me all around it was kind of the full package video game, and that's why I picked it. I had a runner up, which really elicits only one single emotion, which is just fury and and pulling triggers, and that was Doom Eternal. That was my second favorite game for 2020 because it's just. I well, don't know fuck, how much that was mine. <laughs> was it? Yeah. Now you're encroaching on my territory. Well, he did it to me, so I did it to you. Uh, yeah, Still in the package, me, boys. Still in the package. Can't wait to play it. Mm, oh, what's wrong it. with you? Gotta do it. That game, and there's I, DLC I, I, out I gotta, now I gotta, that I, gotta I haven't finish, touched I, yet. I gotta me finish either. the first one still, boys. I got a fucking back catalog here that's insane. Um, I never finished the first one. I played it. I never actually beat it. This game was... I'm not gonna... I'm gonna let Derek do most of the juicing on it, but it was like... Uh, I don't know. The... The rhythm they get you in in Doom Eternal is it's fucking glorious. It's like I can't imagine a, a more well constructed shooter in the way that they cycle you through ammo, shields, health, and 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 the gameplay it forces you to do. But I won't steal the thunder, Derek. We now know that Doom Eternal was your pick. Why don't you wax poetic about the Demon I, Slayer himself? I will say that you know I had sort of a tie, and what lost the tiebreaker was Cyberpunk, just because even though I think a lot of the drama around its release is kind of like I didn't agree with a lot of it. However, it still was a very buggy game, so that being weighed up against the other contender, uh, which was Doom Eternal, which released fucking beautifully Flawlessly. with no flaws whatsoever. And, and it ran really great. Really great. Dude, it's the best optimized game I've ever played in my life. Like, you can, I, I played it on my old computer, which had dated hardware, and it ran like I was playing it on a fucking supercomputer because yeah. it's just the programming that went into this thing. It's like fucking just savant. It's just genius. Um, but yeah, it's the, everything from the, the 
First of all, it's an expansion in every way that you can possibly imagine on Doom 2016. It's how every, what every sequel should strive to be. Every single function of Doom 2016 is made better in Doom Eternal. Every single function. Um, yeah. I, I've already gone on about Mick Gordon in the past, so I won't do it again. Um, he's a genius. Uh, he's a great you know, composer. We've been over that. But just the gameplay of it is so addicting. And like Chris started to say, the way that they balance out the fact that you are incentivized to use your different weapons because they give you different things. Well, if you use your flamethrower, you get a shield. Once your shield runs out, you get this, you get that. So like all these different, nothing in the game is, is like a background weapon. In right. every game you ever play, you get a <clears> weapon you never use, or you're saving the ammo because you think you'll need it for the boss, but then you end yeah. up not needing it for, you know, like everything gets used. It's the most like efficient, like, <laughs> like self-sufficient system. What's that? So looking at you, Bioshock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's really just it's it's did exactly what it meant to do. So that was why it was yeah. my uh, game. And of it, year. it was it was even on. Excellent. I think I played it on regular. Even on regular. I mean, maybe this makes me sound like I'm fucking bad at FPSs. But even on regular, no, there's plenty of levels that were difficult. Like yeah. you know, I was like, oh shit, I died several times to that before I realized how to get rid of this. And yeah, I mean the. The, I didn't want to, to kind of steal your, your thunder there, but the rhythm is what I love the most. And it's just like, you know, you chainsaw somebody and I think you get ammo back yeah. and you flamethrower somebody to get shields. And if you shoot somebody, you can get gas for the flamethrower. It's like there's this beautiful cycle of violence yeah. that they force you to do. And what's cool is that you still can't even stick to one weapon because the ammo they give you is not enough for so you, you keep that so you have to it. switch you're switching yeah. between weapons you're switching between melee you're switching between the flamethrower uh it it's this like fucking beautiful just uh, chaos this amazing like orchestra of fucking killing demons left and right it's honestly and the only reason i didn't pick it is like i said i was thinking holistically i was thinking of what's the game that that touched my emotions as well as as made my pp hard and, and doom eternal only made my pp hard so what are you gonna do um all right Next up is going to be the worst games of 2020. I want to have Derek do that again. We'll just, we'll just round robin it. I All right. Guess. All right. I appreciate that because you guys built yourselves up and I want to bring you down a little bit. No game disappointed me like the last of us two did. Um, so oh, come I'm on. not saying that like circle mover nine was a better game than the last of us two, but I am saying that I didn't play circle mover nine. I did I play the last of us two shenanigans. Yeah. You know why? Because we did a huge breakdown in this game, and I have actual audio footage of you talking about things you liked in it, and I you know that guys had you to pressure me to beat that game, though. Like I was ready to just be done with it, and you guys was had to pressure, pressure me to pressure it. him. <laughs> I didn't mean to pressure you. No, said, fuck you. Well, no, no, but but I mean, yeah, I guess we did. Yeah. It, no, we it's it's <laughs> look. I'm not saying it's a bad game. It's an incredibly well made game. But I'm just saying. Again, this criteria, I'm, I'm not an, an award show judge. I'm just Derek. And of the games that I played that were made this year, this one let me down. It was hard for me to get through it. Like, it was boring to me. It was really fucking boring to me. Now, granted, we're, we're suffering from the same thing with movies, is that a lot of development for games was put off or, or, you know, whatever. So, like, there are things that there wasn't a lot to choose from, essentially. Uh, and I, I think that every other game that I've played that was released this year, I liked more than I like The Last of Us 2. I, th that's my honest opinion. I, okay. I, I, it, it really just rubbed me the wrong way. 
Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna see if there's a hurt us right now. You're just but I also want to hurt you. Like I'm not, I'm not like hiding that. I, it, that is a big part of it. I, it, it's a byproduct. So I want to find a tool that can find all the games that a random Steam user, I don't know, say Doctor Gloom played in 2020, <laughs> and uh, I'll see if you are just trying to hurt me with your dagger of, of mean words. Uh, Scott, what was your worst game of 2020? Uh, easily Marvel's Avengers. Oh, you motherfucker! Are you serious? <laughs> Two, both of them. You gotta stop asking me first, bro. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> That's why I took Tenant first, and I was shocked that no one else picked it. Uh, I mean, it's just if it if it was strictly a story based game, if it was in the vein of you know uh, Marvel Spider Man, it would have been great. You know, uh, even even not playing as any of the figurehead characters wouldn't have been a deal breaker. Playing as Miss Marvel would have been fine. Uh, you know, even just having them be like you know. Like having Hulk or Captain America or Thor be characters you play for a level here and there would have been fun. Yeah. Uh, the problem was the loot grind. It's not a system anyone wanted or needed. Not every game has to be Destiny or has to be, have MMO components or RPG components. Just be a dumb beat 'em up action game. And had I known, had I known going into it how ridiculous the loot pool was going to be and how much of a cash grab all the add-ons were going to be, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have gotten it. Yeah. Um. I I never even finished the campaign. I made it maybe ten hours yeah. into the campaign, put Same. it down, told myself I was going to wear the Captain America cosplay I had at some point and beat it and make myself play it. Haven't done it yet. I probably uh, yeah. I probably will never play that game again. I'll be honest. Nope. I probably will never pick it up again. Same. Uh, and I will. I sure as shit won't won't be uh, blindly buying anything from Square for a long fucking time. So I I read the reviews and I read some of the middling like well it's pretty much it's too grindy blah 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 but I still thought I'm probably gonna have a good time with this I like yeah. nerdy shit it's the Avengers uh, and for the first like five hours that was true until much like Scott just said which I'm not gonna you know kind of belabor the point but I don't, look not every game needs a five year fucking profit plan and this whole games as a service thing is disappointing at best and uh you know makes you feel like you lost a, a bad bet in the worst case scenario. And this was the worst case scenario. I feel like someone tricked me out of 60 bucks and I wanted it back and I couldn't get it back because it offered me just enough enjoyment that I made it past that two hours played mark. So good job. Good job. You fuck faces. You stole my money. I hate you forever. Uh, well, I don't, if you and all your friends whine like they did for uh, cyberpunk, then, you know, they'll give you refunds. <laughs> Probably <laughs> just got to start an online campaign. Also, I meant to say this, but I didn't want to sh uh, steer too much away from our, our current conversation, but it'll be real quick. I have been still enjoying Cyberpunk, but I will say that bugs aside, because I've also encountered those, the AI is just stupid as fuck it's in that game, dumb. and it yeah. drives me crazy. It's 2020. How could you not have like bought a fucking AI engine off of some other studio and been better than this? Uh, I'm still enjoying the game, yeah. but I... I have been I definitely have started to encounter bugs even in the campaign, which I hadn't previously. Scott saw one of them yeah. uh, when I was playing. It was just it was fucking weird. There's a guy. Um, a guy spawned inside of a wall, <laughs> like right in my fucking field of view. He was just like, Boop, and I'm like, what the fuck did that guy come from? <laughs> anyway. Um, OK, so moving along, I'm not going to I'm not going to even spend any time shitting on Avengers because you did the perfect job. I had a couple friends that played it for way longer than I did and assured me that the end game gameplay was fun and I can't see it and I'm not doing it. Yeah. And uh, I mean, no, th there's a, there's a chance that at some point I might just force myself to get through the campaign just to see the story. 
just to see, just to see. Uh, just Mo- watch the YouTube video. You know, someone made a story video. They always do. Just to see Modok in human form and see if there's any interesting boss battles in it. The first boss battle I got, I got to was Abomination, where you play as Hulk, and that was just a repetitive. Yeah. Yeah. Have one cycle. You do the same. You will yeah. dodge this attack. Attack when he does this. Like it's, it's it just felt like I was playing Dark Souls Avengers Edition. That was the main thing that turned me off of it, like the gameplay trailer that I had seen. Like, I don't mind if you're leading up to that's traditional gameplay. When you're leading up to the boss, you're just going yeah. through trash mobs and then you have the boss. And yeah. like, as long as the boss is like, you know, has a little bit of jazz in it, then it's fun. But I saw the one fight with it was like um, uh, Black Widow and someone. I don't know. They were flying. And the whole fight was this one cycle. It was just like dodge. Yeah. Shoot him as oh. he's going away. Wait, for oh, him you're, to you're dodge, thinking of uh, Taskmaster. That that fight does have three three different stages to it, but mm-hmm. it takes so long for people to figure out the, what the mechanic is when he flies by. That how, how you have to shoot him like within a one to two second window after he passes. Very by quick, you. yeah. Or, or else his shields back up, and it's just it that took fucking forever. It was way too long, and that fight wasn't fun in any of its three stages. Um, yeah, I will say surprisingly, uh, when you unlock her, she's one of the most fun characters to play as. Like the the depowered because her her fighting style is just enjoyable. Uh, but yeah, that game's bad. All right, moving on. Uh, we're moving on to shows for 2020, and I'm gonna go first. And Do we look, have? I, can I just ask? Are we doing the? Are we doing uh the three categories, subcategories, or is it just shows? So I actually just listed four because I couldn't pick one. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Oh, but wait, subcategories? I don't, I don't even know. About yeah, well, that. he was talking about drama slash comedies because. So here's. Well, let me let me introduce it and then we'll. If not, we'll we can just do one flat category. Like I, I just didn't well, I mean, know. We, we, we can do best. We can do best drama, best comedy, best animated, best or or. Oh, I don't, well, that would that was not going to work because I don't have some of those. <laughs> <laughs> I have drama, comedy, let's and just, action. Let's just That's whatever it. whatever you have is fine. That's okay. not. Yeah, you know, we're not super strict rules here. Um, yeah, so we're gonna do best shows of 2020, and and I I should stop getting upset when someone else picks one of my shows, and I should stop doing that because. Uh, we're all good friends and we all have similar tastes. Um, even Derek, believe it or not, agrees with us sometimes. Yeah. We have a counter for that, that we don't ever, I really should start putting a counter up on the screen when we agree. Uh, 2021, we, that's my uh, resolution. I'm going to start putting counters on the screen when we I feel like we're agree all in agreement more times than we're not, though. Like, I think The, la- the yeah, Last of Us and initially the MCU thing was the biggest things we disagreed with Derek on. That's true. The Last of Us was a, a, a brutal fight, though. And it, it was, was dra- that got drug out and, and, and pre Wonder Woman 1984, his hatred of Civil War or not Civil War, sorry, uh, the Winter Soldier, Captain America's uh, Winter Soldier was uh, yeah retroactively great film, great film now yeah told you <laughs> told you <laughs> all right so I'm gonna go first I, I have so here's maybe I shouldn't go first I, I I have a really big net I cast here and I did this because shows are a really tricky thing to pick a favorite for because. Some shows do something very specific that other shows simply cannot for me. Like there's a a great comedy show. Obviously, The Mandalorian is probably going to be on somebody's list. So spoiler alert, it's on mine. But that's not doing the same thing for me that that comedy show is. They can't. They live in completely different fucking worlds. So I have a couple. Um, I have four to be exact because I literally couldn't fucking decide. (laughs) I'm going to just I'm just going to vomit them all out. And uh, I'll move on to one of you guys. So um, what we do in the shadow season two. Yes. Same. Same same season. Uh, Mandalorian. Obviously, I mentioned that already. Uh, Dave. That was on FX. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, What's his name? Uh, Lil Dicky. Lil Dicky. Yeah. 
Yeah. That was one of those ones where I, I was like, oh, shit, that came out this year. That was a great show. That really uh, was. Yeah. And then The Boys season two. And then it's really it's just an amalgam of all the shit that I fucking love this year. And I couldn't pick. I was like, they're all they're all different. Like, sure. You know what we do in the shadows and Dave are both comedies. But really, I mean, come on. They're they're completely different shows. Um, I, I don't really have to defend any of my choices. They are unarguably. And if you don't like them, you're a shit face. Uh, good shows. And Derek, how do you feel? How was your, what was your favorite shows of 2020? I just did drama, comedy and action. And for drama, I did dark season three, which is excellent. And I won't say anything about it in case anybody hasn't seen it, which I don't think you guys have been. You absolutely should. And anybody who's listening, this absolutely should, because it is the best time travel story I've ever been told in my entire life. And it's not even close. No that's, other movie even comes close. That is close. high praise. Yeah, I, um, it, it, it obeys all of its laws about time travel. It never breaks any laws that it sets for itself. It's a fucking excellent show. It's only three seasons. You should absolutely, the moment that we're done tonight, go watch it. It's incredible. Well, I, I, also, have, to, I have to stream. I got to level Fel Delphine over here. But, but, it's, uh, but it's a very tragic... <laughs> it, every character in the show is very tragic. And I think that earlier, uh, Chris was talking about how Batman traditionally is at his best when he's a tragic character. If you enjoy tragic characters, you'll enjoy dark, period. It's an excellently written show. I won't say anything else about it. Um, Episode 15 of The Cynical Nerd brought to you by Dark. Uh, yeah. Season 3 out now. <laughs> um, uh, for comedy, I did What We Do in the Shadows. There's nothing mm, to say about it that's that a we haven't for... already said. Fucking Trifecta. great show. Uh, thank you guys for turning me on to that. Uh, and then action. This was tough between The Boys and Mandalorian, but because The Boys had a little bit of a mid-season, mm, I went with Mandalorian. Um, it was really more consistent throughout. It had its dips too, but not as deep as the uh, the boys had. I think the resolution of the boys season two was really good, but in the middle there, I almost lost interest uh, uh, in the show. It just got so I don't know. So anyway, that I went with Mandalorian. For- when I was thinking about these before Scott goes, um, the I was just thinking through like the finale of Boys. Oh man, that episode was so fucking good. So fucking great, dude. My God. Girls get it done. That's right. That fucking that whole fight scene was fan fucking tastic. They whooped ass. Anyway, sorry, Scott, what was your best shows of 2020? Uh you, you both might be surprised to find that the Mandalorian and the Boys did not make my list at all. Okay. okay. Uh I I love both of those shows, but like Derek said, there was a, a mid-season lull in the boys that kind of like, like like you said, you kind of lost a little bit of interest this season. The ending was fucking phenomenal. Uh, but sa- same thing with me with Mandalorian. There were a couple episodes in the middle. Well, actually, early on in the season, it just didn't hit, really. Uh, episodes two and three, I wasn't really a huge fan of. Um, most of the episodes that had cameos were pretty good. But I felt like it just wasn't as strong as the first season. The finale was incredible. Um, but there were other shows that just did it better for me. Like, uh, I don't know if you guys watched Hunters, the Amazon Prime no. original show. Mm-mm. Uh, Al Pacino. Oh, you told us about it. Though. Uh, yeah. Yeah, wait, is that that was this year? So. Yeah, I've seen the first like two episodes of it, and it's pretty great so far. I have yeah. not finished it. Uh, yeah, it, it brings it brings back uh, Josh Rad as well, or Josh Radner, who was the unbearable Ted Mosby in uh, seasons six. Watch, well, you know, seasons four through eight of How I Met Your Mother, but also lovable Ted Mosby in seasons one through three. Uh. <laughs> Al, Al Pacino's incredible in it, man. Like the cast is just great. It's a really interesting story. That was my best live action uh, of of the the year. I think I I couldn't stop watching. I watched it straight through. Uh, but my best show of the year, and you guys are probably going to give me a weird fucking look for this. I'm waiting for it. 
I'm ready. I've talked about this multiple times, and I know neither one of you has watched it yet. The Harley Quinn animated series on on HBO Max, dude. Like, I swear, I know it sounds ridiculous. No, I I actually heard great things about it. I know, but I know it. But yeah, I'm sure you did, but you don't understand. You don't get it. Like, it's. (laughs) You don't. Like, you really don't. Thanks for supporting me, but you don't fucking get it. So just. No, no, no. Like, because I watched it on a whim. Like, I'm like, what the fuck? Thanks for your attempts, but it wasn't good enough. (laughs) Like, like, Kaylee Como's. All right. Yeah, whatever. All right. But, but it paints Gotham in a very violent volatile way but also with this great sense of humor uh like both like it's just it's so well written man and all these d-list uh villains that you never really get to see a couple c-listers like clay faces and are in there but they get personality uh they they get depth and you care about these d-list villains more than you do batman in this show i'm sorry i'm I'm, I'm, i just have to say i love how on here on the, the cynical nerd even though the term is B-list, we only ever do C-list, and then D-list, and then Z-list. Those are the only yeah. three we ever use. We never even yeah. use the proper term, which is B-list. Well, no, B-list. well, no, because, like, like, B-list would be, like, what? Like, no, I'm uh, saying I do it, too. It's like, well, we- uh, uh, Senator MFD would propose on the floor of the of the chambers of TCN that Clayface is a B-tier villain, but continue. <laughs> okay, well. Well, well, well. well. <laughs> Well, because he's got like his primary rogues gallery, you know, Joker, Riddler, Cat, all this shit. And then he's got like Clayface. Like he's pretty close to he's not top echelons by far, but he's not bottom of the barrel. He's not fucking polka dot man, you know? All right. Well, wh- what would you say Kite Man is, bro? I, I don't know. Is there something beyond Z? Like, what? <laughs> I mean, there's it's. Yeah. It's, where's Polka Dot Man? Probably lined up with him. <laughs> the point is. Yeah. Uh, the the first season was was a real surprise. I I started watching the show in 2020. Season two dropped in 2020, and I watched this entire show. I binged it over the course of maybe like a week, two seasons. Nice. And, and then when I was done, I immediately watched it again. Uh, and that that's the only sure. it's only series I've done that with this year. Uh, it has that's impressive. It has an incredible amount of heart. The character relationships are so well written for a show like this. Like you won't expect it. You won't expect it to get you. But like there'll be parts where you'll like actually be like emotionally invested and like like a little a little you know a little choked up at what's going on it's it's incredible man the there's the romantic relationships are written really well and uh it it's funny and it's just really it's a, a sleeper hit to me uh i would i also got to give an honorable mention to uh what we do in the shadows season 2 mm. that, yeah. that that that's that's my best comedy of all of all time i think as of right now uh best best comedy i'm, I'm still yet. mourning that there's not more like i'm like upset that there's not yeah. More for me to watch. I just want a Jackie Daytona spinoff show. Just, just a YouTube series. <laughs> That'd be pretty great. All right, well, let's stick with the tra- tradition of uh, having someone do their best and then switch over to their worst in a circular pattern. Scott, what was your most hated show of 2020? Uh, that'd be Tiger King. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, okay. I forgot that thing existed. Yeah, as right as you should, rightfully so. <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 we need to stop taking people that are awful and instead of laughing at them or banishing them, making them famous for being awful and then celebrating how god awful they are. Uh, this man was responsible for, god, like for well, at, at, at least at least several maulings, several several murdered animals that, that we can 100 percent like, you know, <laughs> yeah, he was a piece of shit. We we can only confirm a, a few tiger deaths, but you know there's got to be there's hundreds there's got to be gallons of tigers' blood 
on his hands. There's so much tiger's blood on his hands that Charlie Sheen is licking his fingers. <laughs> there's got to be humans back there too, right? There's just yeah. got to be. It's not just like, tiger bones. Like, like there's not one. The, the only redeemable characters on the show are the ones that were mauled. But like the 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 one Sev, uh, the yeah. one the one uh, tiger keeper who lost an arm. Sev was one of the only redeemable characters on the fucking show. Doctor Yabaki, what's the what's his fucking name? Oh, the guy with the, he was the worst. Uh, uh, yeah. He gave me the weirdest vibes, man. Dr. Angelo, what the fuck? He's the worst. Every time he talks, I can feel his hands on my shoulders. (laughs) They just like. Yeah, he's like, the way way he describes himself, like, people who've known me is this guy who loved big cats, and big cats loved him back, and they were jealous because big cats. It's like, like, (laughs) just. just, We're talking about the same guy, right? Ponytail, weird eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Always always wore the hat. Yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, and then then you find out that he's like got all these women that he doesn't doesn't actually pay, and they're like, fight him. But he does. have with sex dick. with them because he's yeah. a fucking piece of shit. Because yeah. he's a generous guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. What was his? I have to know his name now. Uh, but there's also Carol Baskins, who very clearly murdered the fuck out of her husband. Yeah. Uh, there. I mean, there's there's uh, what's his name? Uh, Joe. I can't remember his fucking name. He's the Tiger King. What, what I don't it? know. Joe Exotic. Joe Exotic. Yeah. Uh, who was a polygamist? Which I don't really give a shit, man. If you want, if you want to have multiple husbands, do your fucking thing. But don't, but don't like, <laughs> but, but don't, but don't like, essentially like he, he basically like converted, well, you can make an argument. We, we don't know whether they were quote unquote straight men or not, but he, he basically was like keeping this one, the one kid who, who ended up killing himself just stoned out of his mind. And like, yeah, he had no idea what was they, going on. They, they essentially were like prisoners to him. Like he had all the yeah. power he had, he had, like it became this thing where like they, they may have been enamored at first. They may have, have gone willingly to be with him. But eventually, it just became this weird power structure where they couldn't get away, or they would lose everything. And he took full advantage. Yeah. He was a monster. He was he was an emotional abuser. And ultimately, I think it led to it led to at least one death. So uh, what you're really saying is he was a predator, much like a tiger. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Full Bring circle. it back. <laughs> But yeah, but there's, there's not one likable character on that fucking show, and I, I hated it so much. I'm sorry. I'm- um, no, I started chuckling earlier because you said it just goes to show you how the internet can affect your brain in really weird ways. Because after that show came on, there were a ton of parodies, and every time I hear Carol Baskin, I hear that stupid rap they made about Carol Baskin, and it just plays in my head, and I'm not going to repeat it, but... Yeah, please don't. I've never heard that. I don't want to know what it sounds like. I, um, I, I, I have... A total Achilles heel for trash TV, and I loved that show. I I can't help it. I fucking loved. I loved every minute of it. Oh, I watched no. all of Jersey Shore two times, twice in oh, my life. Oh no! I, I don't, did. You're revealing things. You I, shouldn't. I, I don't know why. I just like it. It's uh, just uh, it's entertaining. Uh, his name's Boglavon Antle. He's a white man. Your name's not Boglavon oh, Antle. Dr. Antle. That's right. You fucking you, Dr. Antle. His name's his name's Steve Willington or some shit like that. Because <laughs> Bahagavan Antle. Fuck you. Bhagavan, yeah, they, they yeah. call him Bhagavan, yeah. Yeah, you've it's seen Africa on YouTube, bro. Shut the fuck up. You're not fucking <laughs> Bhagavan Antle. Oh, God. You're from the right. Myrtle Beach Safari, you piece of shit. So that was Scott's <laughs> most hated show of 2020. Uh, I'll go next. Mine is Gotta Be Space Force with Steve Carell. Um, there are there are some redeeming moments of this show but ultimately every episode ended up being a disappointment i watched the whole thing the first episode was not good second one oddly promising and then the rest of the season was pretty bad until like the last episode maybe two where they all had a little bit more heart than i expected and the plot developments i actually cared slightly more for it's weird it like 
the whole middle of the season, I'm like, this isn't great. I keep waiting for Steve Carell to say some actually funny things, but I kind of like the relationships they're building and I want to see where it goes. And then we got to the end and I was still way more disappointed than I was happy that I had seen that show. And that's the only one. That's the only show I can think of in 2020 where I hated it, but I finished it. So that was the no brainer choice for me. I don't really have anything else to uh, say about it. I have a theory. I, I have a fan theory. Uh, okay. And I say this as a fan of, of Steve, I call it a fan theory because I, I say it as a fan of Steve Carell's serious acting roles. Uh, okay. My my theory is that he's not fucking funny, and that he never was, and that <laughs> The Office wasn't funny, and that Space Force isn't funny because you can't you can't take you can't take gibberish from a delusional man and then base an entire TV show on that without seeing it come to fruition. You can't just guesstimate what it's going to be like and then make it a, a Space Force. It was basically an Office situation comedy at NASA, and nobody like right. it. Just it, it's not good. Yeah. It had NCIS dad vibes. Like, like my dad would love that show if he paid for subscription services or knew how they worked. But you know what I mean? I'm sure maybe some, maybe eventually they'll play on TBS and they'll, they'll renew it for another season. I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. Uh, Derek, what was your worst show of 2020? Uh, you know, I didn't really watch a whole lot of shows that I really would say that I hate. I think that The Good Place had its final season in 2020. And oh, my God, that's the, the, just the worst. It's the worst show. It's really bad. Have you ever watched it? Because a yeah. bunch of scientists hired by, like, corporate America boiled down what they think millennial humor is into a fucking scientific <laughs> formula and applied it to a television show. It's just bad. I, I, that's it. That's all I have. Oh, I hate myself. <laughs> that, that's the whole show. That's it. And it ended. Not- so the best thing that happened was that it ended in 2020. So it's really a good thing. In a you're year not wrong. of just you're, shit wall to wall. You're not wrong, but I love Ted Danson in everything he does. So he I, is really excellent. I watched, I watched the first three seasons of that show with no shame. Fair, fair. Maybe should have had uh, just a little. <laughs> <laughs> but Ted Danson is a joy to watch. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I know lots of people who like that show, and I'm, not, yeah, I mean, I don't. I tried. I can't. Can't do it. Yeah, no thanks. All right, uh, so last category. Ooh. It's going to be the best and worst fictional deaths of 2020. We're talking characters who exist not in the real world, both of you, because we had some offline conversations about this. What if it, uh, what if fictional- it sounds like something uh, that Adam Sandler would write in a script, like a guy who tases his balls and then electrocutes himself <laughs> to death? Is that if it or seems some- really fictional, yeah. can we still use it? Yeah, like like if there was an Adam Sandler movie where a lady was wearing a Don't Tread on Me shirt and then got trampled to death, <laughs> can we talk about that? <laughs> Look, you're both the worst. Uh, so I have to warn you, Derek, my best death of uh, 2020 is a spoiler for something for, that I for. I, I don't know if you want to watch it or not. It's for Bly Manor. No, no, that's fine. Go ahead. OK, yeah. so and this may this actually kind of surprised me. So I was thinking about best and worst character deaths. And I was like, huh, what have I seen where someone a passed away? Because. People don't die in everything I watch. In fact, I watch science fiction and superhero movies. Most of the time, even if they die, we know they're coming back. Uh, So I had to really kind of go through the ringer. And one of the ones that kept coming back, even though I thought the show was good, not great, was the main character from Bly Manor, Danny. And the way they wrapped up her story at the end. And like I said, you know, spoilers, but I know Scott's seen this. She doesn't tech. Well, yeah, I mean, she does fucking die, but she she basically takes the place of this evil spirit uh, so that she can contain it and save everyone else from it. 
at the bottom of this lake. She's just down there, like keeping this fucking evil entity in. And the the way that they, you remember Scott and I started off kind of not liking it, and then we both pushed through. And by the end, the story actually wraps up in a surprisingly satisfactory way with a lot of good character arcs for folks. Um, and and I I was fully on board with that. Like you know, he told me to push through it because I really didn't want to, and I did. And uh, at the end of it, not only did I end up really liking how they left her character, but several other characters as well. So she won. And I, I have a runner up, but I'm not going to potentially spoil it for anybody else. So I'll mention my runner up for best at the end. Um, Derek, what was your best fictional character? Death so if, I only asked this because mine are in the same show. Can I just do my best and worst? Back oh, sure. Back? Okay. That's yeah, fine. Again, I don't want to overexplain my criteria. You know, like I don't know what best death means. You know, like so. So the way that I sort of judged it was a, a death that meant a lot to me, and yeah. a death in a show that meant nothing to me. <laughs> and the death that meant a lot to me uh, was um, Becca in the season finale of uh, uh, The Boys season two. Um, oh, okay. even when I like rewatched that show, or we rewatched that episode a couple days later. Same thing, like I had said with Onward. Like I thought knowing what was coming. I'd be more prepared for it, but like the way she's just begging Billy to just like not hurt her kid essentially. And the kid is crying for, it's like so heart wrenching. It's really, it was really tough to get through. Uh, That was one of my top contenders. I I would say that that was probably, and I'm sure you guys are going to say one that I'm going to go, Oh yeah, there was that one too. But off the top of the head, that's probably the one that was the most uh, emotional death for me. The one that really meant nothing to me was in the same show, one episode prior, Lamplayer, the most useless death that ever fucking happened. It meant nothing. <laughs> nothing came of it. No, like, there was no, like, passing of the torch, no pun intended there. It, he just died because they <laughs> ran out of money to <laughs> pay him or 100% <laughs> intended. You want those puns. We all do. Uh, just, a, was- just a meaningless death. Just, just stupid. Really? Now that now that you mentioned it, that was the one I had written down for potential worst death because okay, <laughs> uh, it, it like I, it was meaningless, but at the same time, I still kind of loved. Okay, I didn't love the death. I loved the afterwards. Too, he was like, "You fucking asshole." Yeah. That's still my favorite thing. <laughs> Carry yeah. the hand around, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah, the entire and he was like, "You asshole." Man. All right, uh, Scott, what was your best fictional death of twenty twenty? Uh, no, no. Best being the one I enjoyed the most <laughs> or best being I, I think I did this backwards than you guys because I had my, my worst was for me the, the most impactful the one that like hurt the most. OK, uh, and best was like the one that I I was like kind of got I kind of got off. on like, yeah, fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, then well, then technically let's do your worst. <laughs> OK, first, uh, my worst is Papa Joel uh, from uh, The Last of Us Part Two again. Like, okay. I'm not, we're not, we're not going to rehash sucking this game's dick. Uh, but again, like, we're bashing it, Derek, even, 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 <laughs> even knowing that it was coming and we all like, I think, I, I think we've talked about it before, but having spoilers drop that game completely ruined the element of surprise, obviously. Uh, and even knowing that it was coming, it still hurt to physically watch it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it, it mm-hmm. was like, it was awful, man. Uh, yeah, so I didn't. I we talked about this previously. I didn't know what the spoils were. I actively avoided knowing what they were. But the moment he got captured by them, I knew that's what it was. I was like, "Oh, yeah. he's he's dead." And it, that so just even the even the three to four minutes leading up to it, I was like, oh, "Shit, this sucks." All right. Um. So we're. I I said I don't have a worst. 
But because Scott seemed pretty excited about it, I would like him to just no. I don't my, all my worst I can't say because they're all real life people. <laughs> oh no! I try. I try to think of a fictional one. Like, and the best I came up with was like, like, uh, Stormfront. I mean, like, like that was that was a that was my that was satisfying though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, fuck that, her, though. Well, no, that's what I mean. Like that. That was that was the best death of. I was like, fuck yeah. Um, but I mean, again, like I made, I made, I tried making a list. And I just kept listing things that I can't say on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, like Herman Cain. You can't say that. Upset <laughs> some people. Yeah. Yeah. Hang, hang oh, no. on. Let me let me Google some names from that that riot the other day. <laughs> oh no. Oh fuck. Uh that well that actually wraps up our list, gentlemen. I mean, I I don't have a I don't have a worst. I kept trying to I was like googling like films that I've seen in 2020 to try and figure out and I just couldn't find one. It's like, well, if I liked the movie, then the death was probably somewhat meaningful. And if I hated the movie, I probably didn't watch the whole fucking thing. So I, <laughs> it's hard, you know, yeah, it's hard like, to pick out a worse well, thing. Is like, like, Robert, like there's, there's no impactful deaths in any movies we watched this year. Were there? Well, I mean, I guess on, onward, really. but we yeah. don't, yeah, we don't see that one. It's about it. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That honestly probably is truthfully the most, in, the most impactful death of the year though is onward. Right. I mean, it either, hurt either, either that or Papa Joel. <laughs> like it's it's just it, those two. It it brought forth feelings. If you play for, if you sure. play Fortnite, one of their arbitrary characters died. I don't know if you guys knew that. I didn't know that. Which one of I which one of the of arbitrary ones died? Uh, let me see. It's a uh, Midas. Wait, let me guess. Was he gold? I mean, he's got like a throat tattoo, and he's dressed like a fishtown hipster with a fucking part gouged into his skull, and he's got a scar across. I don't know who he is. Uh, Not what I expected. I mean, also potential runners-up could be Jesse from Final Fantasy VII Remake. I mean, they spent yeah. a lot more time flushing her character out. <laughs> Haven't didn't didn't play it. Didn't play it. Me neither. But I, oh. I watched I watched D Rock play it. That was a good time. I was so fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I was drunk for all of those streams. Oh my yeah, god! I remember. I was drunk too. It was great. <laughs> it was like Very six nice. a.m. That was the first <laughs> lockdown. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. Uh, any final thoughts before we wrap episode fifteen up? The first. The first banger ball of 2021. I don't know why I said banger ball, but I'm going to stay. It's too late now. now. Yeah, it's, yeah. That's, that's what it is. Episode 15, banger ball. We don't have a standout episode title yet, do we? Banger ball. It feels like it has to be now. It's the curse <laughs> it's of 2021. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but before we wrap, anything else? Any honorable mentions for 2020 before we uh, put the lid on it? Super Mean Boy Forever, which just came out at the very end of 2020. Oh. Mm. Oh, is it out? Kiss. It's out, baby. Mm-hmm. I, I saw I saw on Steam it was listed as coming out in 2021. Uh, it, uh, it's out on Switch. Oh, it's okay. not out on Steam yet, but it's out on Switch. And it's nice. very frustrating, but very, very yeah, well, satisfying when you actually yeah. beat a level. Well, while we're doing a plug here, how much is it on the Switch? I think it's $20. And mm-hmm. keep in mind, like, this is, I, like, I was unbelievably obsessed with the first Super Meat Boy. Like, I remember. It was very good. Unbelievably <laughs> obsessed with it. And... This one is not a free running game. It's an auto runner. And so when I first heard it's an auto runner, I'm like, there's no way in hell I would ever enjoy that. And they actually do a really good job with it. Um, there's boss battles that are super interesting. Um, it's almost feels like a uh, on the fly puzzle game where you have to respond to what's happening because all you can do is jump, duck and punch. Those are your only you're constantly running. Um, so it's, I, you know, wa- watch some gameplay videos first to make sure it's your thing, but yeah. I am unbelievably surprised by how much I love it. Will, uh, you, be, will you be streaming it at all? Oh, 100% I will be. Yeah. 100%. yeah. I'll, I'll, I'm going to watch you before I pick it up then. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the move. 
That's a, that's a great segue. Derek. Thank you. I, I've been told that you stream. <laughs> Where can people find you? Uh, they can find me on uh, streaming on Twitch at Dr. Gloom MD, which is D-R-G-L-O-O-M-M-D, and on Twitter by the same name. That's Twitter. There's T's in there. I just skipped over them. I said Twitter. It's Twitter. Twitter. It is Twitter. It is Twitter, British Twitter. Twitter. It's my Twitter. Sorry, Phil. <laughs> yeah. And sorry, uh, you'll get to hear you'll get to hear Dr. Gloom uh, put his dulcet tones into this brand new mic that I'm very super jealous of and yeah. therefore put a dick over top of it. <laughs> Scott, where can everybody find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitch. I am Swearwolf with an E. That's S-W-E-A-R-W-O-L-F-E. Uh, also on uh, Facebook Gaming and YouTube, but uh, not not as much as I am on Twitch. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, and you can find me on Twitch and Twitter at just TCN, please. Nothing fancy. Boys, we're going to next week. We're going to have the WandaVision mm-hmm. show to talk about. And I found out that the first two episodes will be available this coming Friday, the 15th. So we'll have two episodes to watch. I don't know if they're 30 minutes or an hour, but we're going to find out pretty soon. I'm sure. Uh, that being said, that's going to wrap up episode 15 for the week. And I'll see you guys next time. See you then. How many, uh... Yep. Yeah.